You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 64, The Non-Bomb. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show with a TV network budget, not a feature films. My name is Jim. I am I am Jim Purcell. <laughs> I'm Greg Olson. And I'm Raven Perez. And we are welcoming you back to our latest episode of the Savage Fincast, where we will be later where we will be talking about the latest issue of Savage Dragon. Today. To <laughs> <laughs> Savage Dragon two twenty eight. <laughs> oh it's that was pretty rough. That that was a rough one to get through. Do you have another podcast, Jim, where you just give your first name? I had a podcast where I just gave my first name. The Savage Jim Cast. This is Jim. Silence. Silence. <laughs> oh, I thought we were be... switching it up. Like, yeah, well, it's the last we one. Do... I, just... I am regular Jim. It's funny. I mean, we all have different names, so technically we don't even have... We're, like, we just formally give both, but we could just be Jim, Raven, and Craig. And Zach, and like it's even like even like there's not a single one of us with a redundant name. Yeah, uh, but we've been doing it this whole time, so consistency <laughs> is important. Yeah. I agree. I'll agree with that. So uh, how about we get some well, more no, you're, you're so you're so fast, Raven. You want to oh, get you want to get your wow. meat potatoes way too fast. We'll slow this. Yeah, what the little, hell's been up with you, Raven? How you doing? A little snippy getting right out Whoa. of the gate. Hell Tell me the fuck how you're doing. <laughs> we getting caught up. Well, I'm okay with this surprise feature. I think exciting things have been going on in your life. Jeez, have they? I now he's just setting you up because did you forget already? Play. I played Mario Odyssey recently. Your Is new comic project. Oh right, dude! I did totally. I'm sorry. I totally did forget. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's too modest. No, it's oh, this has just been like. It's been. I was about to say Helter Skelter, but then that like dragon, a whole Charles Manson died recently thing. <laughs> we don't want it to go. We don't want to go there. We don't. Too soon. Too soon. Um, <laughs> no, I'm launching. Uh, geez. Okay. Thanks. I for, I do forget. I don't really self promote too much. So, yeah, I'm launching uh, a new comic. I'm doing a second comic. It's gonna be subscribers only. Um, the is not going to be like long, ongoing, recurring. There's no promises of anything. It's just typically going to be one and done. Um, so I always wanted to have a second project going because um, kind of like how I know this is going to sound funny, but I'm sure that you guys have felt it too. Like when Eric does side projects like, you know, Spawn and Supreme. It gets and- more heat. It, it does. Like, he's been doing mm-hmm. Savage Dragon forever. When he does, like, when he announces he's doing Ant, people are like, oh, oh, wow, and it makes headlines and stuff, right? And that's kind of what happens. Like, even though I've been, I've been doing a dojo for a long, long time, and um, it's just, you know, it's real easy for people to, like, zone out when you've been right. doing the same thing. So uh, these little side projects, 
that that's the whole idea. There's always going to be one. Hopefully, they're going to be short. Uh, this very first one that I'm launching is going to be called Home. I had the idea for a long, long time. I tried to start it long ago, way back in college. I even had a false start with this one. I got like two pages, or no, I got three pages done, and like that's kind of shitty because people actually still remember it. Oh, okay. Because they were super hyped for it. Because it was like the, <laughs> the original thing when I originally started this comic, like. Um, I will just be straightforward with you. Like, I had all kinds of people being like, oh, you know, I wish you did something family-friendly so I could show people your work and stuff like that. And I was like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah, family-friendly. <laughs> Gross. I was like, lame. That's so lame. Ugh. So I, I came up with this idea that I thought would be, you know, passable. Like, I could live with it. Okay. And so I came up with this idea, and it was going to be like these three characters in space, you know, a girl, a cat, and they were going to fly around in a giant robot monkey. And they were just, it's a simple idea, they were just going to try to get home. And like, space is dangerous, it was just going to be their adventures as they try to get home. Anyway, life happens. I did it, got three pages done and then stalled out, never got it, like, anything. And then what happened is fucking, like, uh, DreamWorks makes this, like, movie or called Home or whatever. Oh, right, starring Sheldon. And it's got, like... A girl and a cat and an alien and they're in space and I was and Sheldon. Like, I was like, ooh, I was like, that's like really close. Like I should probably not try to do a family friendly thing when there's already a family friendly thing called a home with a girl, a cat, and a. I was like, I clearly, just... you DreamWorks needs to be sued. No, no, let them have it, bro. Mine thing's going to be totally different. This new one is going to be exactly the way I do all my other shit. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it never made sense to me, even back when I was going to do the family-friendly thing. I was like, yeah. if people really like home, I don't really want to do a lot more family-friendly shit. So there's nowhere else. there'd be nowhere else for them to go. Like, they would like this thing, and then there would be nothing. And my friend, his kids were even reading it. And he was like, he'd be like, oh... They really love the cat. They're worried about the cat. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is weird. Well, I'm sure they're 30 by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, eh. So, basically, I've been talking about that way too much. Uh, home will be the first one. There's going to be a bunch more. So, it isn't. I, I got the impression you were just going to do home comics as your side project. So, it's it's not that. It's home is the first one you're planning. Home's the first of the side projects. And there's a ton of different comics nice. that have just been sitting in the back burner for years. Different stuff, like, uh, I've got a horror movie comic I always wanted to do. I got something with, like, just zombies. Uh, you're gonna laugh, but people have been dying for there to be, like, a Raven's Dojo porn comic, which, I mean, you gotta Seems do... like a moxymoron. Gotta do what you gotta do, yeah. <laughs> gotta give the people what they want. And I really, I got no problems with it, it's fine. So, I mean, all kinds of crazy shit. It's not all gonna be, like, wild and, like, insane. That's cool. It's, but, it sounds, you know, um, you know, I'm a big fan of is uh, Tom Scholey, who did the American Barbarian and GI Joe mm -hmm. versus Transformers. Yeah, he does a lot of that stuff too. Like he just does random projects. Yeah, but he does a lot of like web comics, like Princess, yeah. American Barbarian. Yeah, I can't tell if Princess is over yet. It was going, and then it stopped for this Jack Kirby thing, and I don't know if there's going to be more Satan Soldier. So it sounds like if you're a fan of that. I then am. this is something. No, I'm talking about like the, the, the audience, Raven. It's not all of, about you. <laughs> I am. I am a fan of that. 
I like Tom. No, but Charlie. I'm saying like people that are into that seems like this would be like right up their alley. Like different types of you know seems oh, kind of one and done. What creator am I thinking of? Uh, Brendan Graham. It kind of reminds me of the kind of things he does. That's yeah. it. I mean, basically, uh, I always call them A Project, B Project. Like, basically, sure. the dojo is always going to be the A Project, so I'm never going to really stray too far from that. But I recognize, you know, people want to see other shit. I got other shit I want to do, and I can just knock these out real quick. And just, if you, like, if it's funny because, like, people are like, oh, it's home. It's like, if you hate home, if it's not your thing, don't sweat it. It ain't going to last. There'll be something new in no time. So there'll always be something new. It's just, and it's cool. It's a way for me to just do different things. Like I'm not even going to necessarily draw every comic in the same style. Right. Like you mentioned that home would be a silent comic. Yeah. It's going to be wordless. It's just going to be pictures. Um, I'm sure everybody's read one of those before. So if you haven't, they're awesome. You should look up some silent comics. Like, the best one I can think of right now is Gone. G-O-N, he's a little dinosaur. Yes. Gone is fucking awesome. And, yeah, I'm going to try to do some of that, like, silent comic stuff. And so if people want to learn more about this, this is going to be a Patreon-type thing? or It is going to come to you two different ways to start with. RavenPerez.com and then Patreon.com. And you might be like, well, what's the difference? It's literally, like, no difference. It's just what you prefer. People, some people like like Patreon, like they're already right. paying a lot of money to different creators, and they just want like to get like you one on stop that. shop. Yeah, and then other people still yet yeah, are like they don't care. Like I have friends that are like uh, have subscribers to their own like homegrown version of Patreon. So that's kind of like what Raven Perez will be, mm-hmm. but it's whatever. You'll have choices. Those two choices to begin with. Maybe a third or fourth option we'll come up with it. But to begin with, Patreon and RavenPerez.com. And, of course, I'll make all my announcements through RavensDojo.com. So, yeah, that's – you, like, blew my mind, Jim. Yeah, I totally forgot about it, dude, but, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd surprise you. <laughs> well, thank Craig, you. Craig, how about you? Anything exciting in your life? Absolutely not. No. I see. Not, I mean <laughs> – I'm not coming out with some fancy new comic or anything like that, but, you know. <laughs> I got nothing either. worth talking about. Let's move forward and just talk about Savage Dragon. <laughs> Unless you have something. Uh... I feel bad now. <laughs> nothing really exciting with me. Just reading a lot of Legion of Superheroes comics. Why are you reading See, that? I love Legion of Superheroes. You're reading the old ones? All of them. All okay. eras. Okay. Uh, there, was, there was a sale in Comixology. I bought a bunch of graphic novels. Okay. To fill in some stuff. Yeah, Cool. Was that was like a Black Friday sale? Yeah, it was a Black Friday sale. Basically, every every DC collection was five dollars. Nice, regardless of like its actual cover price. Like you get like thirty five dollar books for five bucks during that sale. I would say the only the things I, I got finally got the volume three of the Thor Omnibus with Jack okay. Kirby, and I got volume five of the Steve Ditko archives from uh, Fantagraphic Books. Which I think they have like six volumes of this stuff, which is amazing. You ever look at the old Ditko stuff, like pre Spider Man? No, I have not. Absolutely amazing. I can't recommend enough the very first volume. Uh-huh. It's called Strange Suspense, the Steve Ditko Archives, Volume One. Some of the creepiest freaking comics. Like his art is so creepy. It's amazing. It's it's worth checking out, even if you like. 
take a look at the preview on like Amazon or something. Uh-huh. Just just look at his art, like the way like how he draws like faces and everything. It's just I think it, I think it looks better than his Spider Man stuff. Well, when you say creepy. Do you mean like like Tales from the Crypt? Or? Yeah, yeah. He's at, okay. Okay. He he stopped like drawing like those types of comics. He got real. Is it like, more abstract now? Well, yeah, but he also like kind of is like against like violence and horror and stuff like that. I believe. Sure. Really? Oh, well, he became like a real like Anne Rand fan and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Oh, really? The, but, uh, the story of Dicto is a story. But his stuff that he did for like. Uh, I guess it was EC. I don't remember. I don't the re- the reason he's not yeah, it was his as... EC stuff is like super creepy looking. I didn't know that Ditko worked for EC. He were he well he was one of those eras comic book artists. I mean I'm sure he worked for a lot of people. That blows my mind though to think that like one of the like EC artists would do Spider Man. That's so different. Well, yeah, and I think his art is way more suitable for, like, horror comics. It's so... I mean, I think that's why Spider-Man works, because he's, like, a creepy type of superhero when you think about it. Yeah, he became... I always thought, I always thought Spider-Man was weird, because he, he's got a... Spiders are creepy, but Spider-Man is 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 not creepy at all. Uh, but he is in the way... He's not... So let's put it this way. I think he's... I think Ramita's stuff makes him uncreepy, but I think if you look at the Ditko stuff, yeah, the way he walks and moves, it's really creepy when you look at it. I was okay. going to say, I thought the original intent, like Ditko intent, was that he was a creepy hero. Hmm. He has him kind of like... In... To be fair, I haven't read a lot of that era. Yeah, I mean, if you, I feel like Ramita's stuff really kind of cleaned him up Yeah, and took away a lot of the creepiness that Ditko had in there. Well, that's interesting as hell. I'm glad we went into that. I didn't know any of that, dude. Yeah. And so there's... So this hardcover collection, there's... Um... Six volumes. And it's not just horror stuff. Like, one volume is, like, sci-fi and... It's different stuff like that. But the horror stuff is what... The first volume is the best stuff. Huh. And, uh... Like, what years is that? Like, the late 50s? Yeah, they're not all EC, and I don't know if they are any, but they're all horror comics. There were there a lot of imitators for EC. Yes. They're so. like Charlton comics and stuff, so maybe they're not EC at all, but they're they're imitators at least. It's all like... Didn't Dicto create Blue Beetle? Was that yes, him? Yes, yeah. He did, okay. And the Creeper. I think he also created, like, uh, the Question, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, another Charlton character. Yeah, yeah. So... Because he was like super, like infatuated with mysteries and stuff. Well, like he that. he created all those Charlton characters that were supposed to be like the Watchmen characters. <laughs> yeah. Other way, other way around, but yeah. No, what do you mean? Uh, Watchmen took inspiration from Charlton. That's what I mean. Did I say oh, something wrong? Yeah. Like he created the he Charlton characters, which were supposed to be the Watchmen characters, right? But they couldn't use them. Right? Alan Moore originally wanted to make. Watchmen with the Charlton like, characters, but they had just been integrated into DC with Crisis on Infinite Earths. So editorial said, "Make your own characters." We got stuff going on with these guys. Like Rorschach was supposed to be the question, right? Yep. Right. And the owl was supposed to be Blue Beetle or something yep. like mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, well, they're all the one to one except for except for Silk Spectre. She doesn't have quite an analog, but 
most of the others do. I was going to say, who is Doc Manhattan? Oh, that's that's Captain Adam. Oh, weird. Never mind. And uh, and um, come on, Raven. The com- the comedian is uh, Peacemaker. <laughs> Dude, perfect time to drop that trivia. The comedian is Captain USA. In what? From from TV USA Network. I googled it. You can Google it too, dear listener. So Watchmen. Look at the year Watchmen came out. Okay. <laughs> is that like Gilbert Gottfried too? <laughs> it's one year. Dude, check it out. Captain USA, which was a, like, uh, he would do Godzilla movies and, uh, like, just really cheesy, bad kung fu films on, like, Saturday or Sunday. Uh, he was a kid's show host. Yes, I remember him now. And oh, he, fuck, you're right. And it, Dude. That's weird. He debuted one year before Watchmen came out. Captain USA and the comedian, it's too much. To be fair, the only real similarity is the haircut and the domino mask. He even had a cigar, cigar, right? He had the cigar. That's weird. Yes, dude. I'm I'm watching. He's on YouTube introducing Chud. Yep, I'm telling you. (laughs) Captain USA. He's almost like a Stan Lee style. I forgot how cheesy the USA Network used to be. Used Hmm. to be glorious. People who don't remember Used to air Savage Dragon. Yeah, used to do Savage Dragon. Had Rhonda Shear, Gilbert Godfrey. Rhonda Shear. <laughs> Monsters. I, was, mm-hmm. I, was, I grew up on the USA Network. Watched a lot of USA Express, Cartoon Block, and uh, Quantum Leap. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. All those canon movies. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Inframan. I saw Inframan on USA and Rooftop <laughs> Kung Fu. Oh, and they always did the Star Wars trilogy. They always played the Star Wars trilogy and the Indiana Jones trilogy and the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah, I, I maybe they, maybe that was TNT, but I could have swore uh, USA used to do uh, marathons. That sounds too good for USA. It does. USA is like a little, <laughs> like I said, like bad kung fu movies nobody ever heard of. Maybe Traumaville movies. <laughs> yeah, I saw. That's where I saw the, the USA Network movie. surf Nazis. Yeah, huh? Because House. I recall it being House House oh, Two. We, Mostly replaying Problem Child. Caterpillar Dog. That's hilarious. Problem right, Child? I, I believe it. <laughs> we I should probably it. move into so the great. actual Savage Dragon part of this podcast. Well, I'll just do two last quick things, and then I'll, I'm curious what you nope, rose that's to. that's it. Sorry, okay. already, Oh, already, well, all right. Vetoed. <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> well, it's nothing really to even go into, because I haven't seen it. All right, it. fine. We shouldn't go into it, then. One of the third... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just basically, did you guys see the either of the movies, Justice League or Thor? I have not seen either. I know. Okay. I'm very unlikely to see Justice League, but I will see Thor when it comes out. Same in here. I tried to see Thor. I couldn't fit it in over the Thanksgiving I got, weekend. I got to see Coco before I see anything else now, because I got to see every Pixar movie in theaters. I, um... I got HBO for the past month, like on my Amazon Fire. Cool. So I finally watched. I finally got through Batman versus Superman. Oh. I I watched part of it at my mom's house when I went to visit because they have HBO. Yeah. And I fell asleep halfway through, and then <laughs> the next month I went to visit her. I got like three quarters of the way through, and then finally I purchased HBO and I watched it at home and I got all the way through and it was horrible. And yeah. then I was like, I'm going to watch Suicide Squad. And I knew it was going to be horrible. I just didn't know it was going to be as horrible as it was. Have you seen Wonder Woman yet? I have not. Apparently that is a legit good movie. Like Oscar quality. No, you quality. haven't seen it either? I, I own it, but I I doubt it's it. Oscar quality. Come on. Uh, I mean, in its genre, 
I think it's one of the best, according to, like, everyone who absolutely went nuts about it. I mean, that's what they say. But, funny story, bringing up Batman vs. Superman. I had no plan to watch that movie, uh-huh. but um, I was visiting a used game store that I used to work at, uh-huh. and my friends still work there. I uh, They have a Blu-ray section, and I basically, I quote-unquote, stole the digital <laughs> copy code that I redeemed that I may watch at some point in the future, because it's free. Yeah. <laughs> You just announced the intent to cre- to do that crime. <laughs> Premeditated. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, I was just curious. I mean, those are the two big movies. And they also pay a supposedly huge homage to Kirby. So sure. I, I just, was, you know, Dragon's very Kirby-centric. I was just curious. I was going to like... Yeah, I don't know about Justice League. I mean, I mean, Parademons are in it. Well, yeah, that's it. As they say, it's not like colorful and like, you know, crackle or nothing. But they say right. that apparently... The, you know, dark side so, style, yeah whatever. They said that that's real Kirby. Apparently Darkseid's not in it at all. It's all Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. My He's man. not in it at all? Apparently he doesn't even get a teaser at the end. What? He's just not in it. But you know he's coming. He has to. Uh, but yeah, Thor from the trailers looks very Kirby-esque in its uh, in his like, well, armor, yeah, armor I designs. I heard that they incorporated a ton of Kirby into it. They even had Crackle... In the end of, like, I think trailer two or three. Yeah. Like Kirby Crackle coming off of the logo or something like that. That's cool. neat. Yeah, it was in there. It was the first time I'd seen it, like, in, like, a movie. Like, I was like, oh, all right. Cool. What I'm stoked for is Black Panther. The previous That movie that, looks sick. Yeah. that That's probably going to be one for me to go to the theater. That's going to be a big surprise hit for Hollywood. I think it's going to do the... It's going to do... As well as Wonder Woman, I think. And those two movies are going to be huge. I just for... think Marvel is totally destroying DC. I think just the DC movies have been so Warner is bad at everything right now. Warner is yeah. just tripping over themselves. Oh, yeah. Some of these guys, like big companies, like they can't help but like just drop the thing about it. Like, I mean, you've got Superman. Like, it's how, do you, making... how do you screw up Batman versus Superman? That yeah, should have been the biggest Well, movie I'll tell ever. you how. I'll tell you exactly how. Because your three most successful superhero movies... Were by no by uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, and the 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 audience consensus was we like dark and gritty, so <laughs> make them all dark and gritty. Well, that's not working. Now what the fuck do we do? Hitch, hitching the hitching their wagon to Zack Snyder was their second mistake. Mm-hmm. I, After saying make more Nolan type movies, I blame Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. <laughs> you sound like <laughs> that's it, dude. He, that Lex Luthor. As soon as I saw that and the shitty Ninja Turtle looking Doomsday, oh, I was yeah. like, forget it. If you can't make a good trailer, you're never gonna get ass in the seat to see yeah. your th- to your movie. Yeah. Warner's fucking up their video games and they're fucking up their movies. It's it's ridiculous how bad they are at this. And it sucks because they did such a good job with Ben Affleck Batman. I thought mm. he's wanting to quit too. And that, but that's because they fucked him because he wanted to write and direct a Batman movie, and they said okay, sure, and then they said yeah, no. They changed their mind on him, so now he doesn't want to be Batman because he doesn't get to write and direct a Batman movie, yeah. which I'd be fucking pissed about too if that was like one of the conditions of taking the role. Throw a batarang like at an executive. Did you, did you hear he stole one and they charged him for it? They charged him for it. I yes. knew he stole it. I didn't hear he got charged. Stealing props is a big no-no. <laughs> Wow. Dicks. 
All right, should we move on to some Savage Dragon news? We yeah, totally should. We got a little bit of that. Let's right. uh, kick us off, Craig. All right. First little bit of news is that the Savage Dragon covers for issue 232 and 233 were revealed. And uh, the cover to 230 got some minor tweaks and adjustments. So let's start with uh, 230, the minor tweaks and adjustments. It was that's, his... Now, to remind our audience, that's the one with all the uh, Confederate flags and Nazis falling through the ceiling. On Christmas. Kind of. On Christmas Day. Right. So that, a bunch of like skinhead, yeah. you know, uh, nationalist guys kind of busting through. E- Eric did a bunch of adjustments to it. He was Apparently he was messing with uh, Malcolm's eyes because he couldn't quite, he didn't like how they looked. So he was like adjusting their size and spacing. And then he wound up like tweaking the whole cover, and then he posted both versions of the cover to say, spot the differences. It's subtle, dude. It's super subtle. Besides the goatee, right? Oh, yeah, he added a goatee, too. He covered the swastikas for Germany, because that's a huge no-no. You can't sell your anything. You can't have swastikas. So he covered all that up. Oh, really? Yeah, and the most interesting... Oh, really, that he did that, or oh, really, that Germany doesn't allow it? No, that he did that. Oh yeah, yeah. He got. I didn't even know he sold uh, in in uh... previews delivers to all European nations, so they get the previews catalog same as we do. But it doesn't get a German edition; it's just an English edition. It's the regular edition. It just gets released in Germany. So can he have it on the inside? I think I'm sure it'd be fine. All right. I know in the video game industry, they're very careful about having swastikas on anything because it can get the games banned in the country. Yeah, I think you can't have it at all. So uh, he he blocked it on the cover. I don't know what he's going to do for the interiors, but it's it's gone on the cover for sure. Mm. But the but the, some other people who have published comics before with swastika say it hasn't been an issue in comics. I guess <laughs> because they're imports. I guess they don't get like scrutinized as badly, or no gotcha. one cares. Is probably yeah, the or no one thing. cares. Not popular enough. Right, right, right. You know the funny. You know we did, we've not even talked about the big change, the adjustment on two thirty. Oh yes, it's the wedding ring. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the foot. Oh no, I don't care about that. What foot? What? On the first original cover, one of the one of the one of the Nazis uh, has a weird angled foot jaunting out the side of his head or off his back because his legs are all twisted around behind him, and it kind of it was over top of the logo, and in the updated cover. Eric removed the foot because a lot of people are saying, wow, that foot doesn't belong there. Cause it's <laughs> like weirdly it's anatomy is just kind of weird. So he got rid of it. Gotcha. For me, it's a wedding ring because, uh, Malcolm and Maxine have been married all this time and they've not had a wedding ring. Yeah. Uh. So it's kind of like, I'm curious what the in story reason is for its debut at this point. If there even is one. Gotcha. Well, recall um, cover for 229, mm-hmm. the one with Maxine with the blood in her hair holding the finger. Mm-hmm. I thought that finger had a wedding band on it, mm-hmm. but Eric also updated that cover to make the finger a bit larger. Right. And now I'm convinced that it's just a couple of hair, thick hair strands going across it because it does because he made it bigger, but it doesn't look like a wedding band. Oh, I'm sure it's not got a wedding band. Because if you look on the 230 cover on Facebook, you can totally see that wedding band. It's like giant. Hmm. You can't miss it. I see. Can't be. 
Let's talk about 232. Yeah, we should probably talk about the new covers, which both dropped the same day, which was fucking weird. It was awesome. You got that 232 is like the hands coming out of the wall grabbing Malcolm, which is funny because it kind of covers the goatee and yeah. uh, mustache, which, so you don't know if he's going to draw it on there or not. Draw and it over the hands. The beard grabber. So that, that's kind of a it's, a, it's a cool looking cover. It doesn't tell you much. It's just some blue hands grabbing Malcolm <laughs> through a wall, but yeah, could it be anyone's. And then 233 is just one of those weird posed covers with the, the bald is beautiful. <laughs> Which is going to generate a lot of controversy, I'm sure. Yeah. Already. Already. That's, and let uh, me just say, I feel like our very own James Purcell has given us a fantastic suggestion as an alternative well, C option. Just for maybe for listeners who haven't seen it, which I doubt, but it's Maxine sitting on Malcolm's shoulder. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's shaving in the mirror or something. Yep. Like they're looking in the mirror. He's got shaving cream on his beard. So. Rip goatee. You were gone too soon. Yeah. And, and, win. and uh, Maxine's got her uh, vag area pretty much covered with uh, shaving cream and it with a tank top on that says bald is beautiful. So, <laughs> Well, that was one. The other option was uh, shaving is for pussies. <laughs> Which is I that a really real? Was that a real option, or was he just like? I think it was. I think it is. I think he's. I think he wants to go with that one, but mm-hmm. he's on the real fence about it. I don't like it because of the connotation that pussy equals coward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that Maxine is the one wearing the shirt, but I still, but I still don't like it. But you know, if you're poking fun at yourself, it's usually okay. Yeah. And that's what he was saying is it's kind of playful. Like they have a playful relationship. So it's kind of funny. I I think there were some people who took offense to both because the suggestion of (sighs) being shaved is superior to not being shaved. It's, it's, I know it's a little silly, but it's also kind of valid. You mean the other it, way around? It, it's a form of body shaming, I suppose. It could be read as... <sighs> Wait a minute. What? Whoa. Hit the brakes. I can't even <laughs> follow you. I can't even follow you. You was haven't it, heard this? You haven't seen this? What was their issue? <laughs> that because, because bald is beautiful suggests that a shaved vagina is superior to a hairy vagina. Holy guacamole. I would agree with that. Did someone actually have a problem with that? I'm pretty sure it came up in the discussion. Okay. So, all I'm going to say is you just take yourself way too seriously. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Like, it's seriously not that big an issue. It's really not. It's fine. Yeah, I feel like people just look for shit to get offended by. Bingo. It doesn't say bald is superior. It says bald is beautiful. It doesn't well, say Harry in- is ugly. Harry is ugly is the inverse. No, no. See, here's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, but here's the thing. All right, so there's a type of person who, if you say, man, you look good today, what they hear is, oh, I look bad yesterday. That's I on, see. That's on you. Like, if you want to take good things negatively, you can. And it's like when that stupid song, uh, I'm All About That Bass, No yeah. Treble, came out, and she was like, tell those skinny bitches, something like that. People got mad, and they're like, oh, she's shaming people for being skinny. That's body shaming. That's negative. And it's like, wrong. She's just being proud of being big. And just because someone else wants to be proud of something doesn't mean that they're actually necessarily trying to shame you for being the way you are. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I've seen, like, I don't know whether it's clothing or slow saying black is beautiful. It's not saying white is ugly. 
you know what I went though? I have like dumb racist people in my life, and I heard somebody be like, somebody had a uh, proud to be black thing, and they're like, if I had a proud to be white thing, everybody'd be mad, and I was just like, you're so stupid. Don't just reverse <laughs> things. Don't just reverse things. That's not the way the world works. Yeah, I I just I don't know. Whatever. I just feel like <laughs> that's incredible though. I can't. It's just that there there is a very real like social like. How do I phrase this? Uh, there is a... Some women are pressured into shaving their privates because of you body image reasons. You don't have to. You can have hairy legs and hairy armpits if you want. I mean, sure. You can do whatever you want. Then but isn't it like the same argument? Like, oh, Savage Dragon's like impossibly built. Is that shaming me? Because I'm not like built but, like but, a be, but, but but you're male, so it doesn't matter as much because Why? a lot of males don't have body image problems, or at least not. That's bullshit. A lot of males do, dude. If you see, and you see how many dudes then, are at the, at the gym, like just getting ripped because they feel like they need to be like. Buff I'll do you or... one better than that. I feel like I do see dudes complaining that the only truly acceptable male body type is jacked. Yeah. I, I see people And they're totally in love with themselves, too, and, like, taking pictures on Instagram or you know, <laughs> selfies and stuff because they feel... Like, uh, Jersey Shore guys, that's all they thought about was lifting. And what was their, their, like, slogan was, like, laundry lifting and something or something like that. Remember that? Like Lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> the... <laughs> I don't remember the slogan, but... I mean... I, it was something totally lame, but it was all about self like just their body they obviously were like self-conscious i'm amazed i'm truly amazed i didn't know that i didn't know that there were people that were like this is shaming hairy vaginas it's like if you like your hairy vagina or if you like your vaginas hairy don't worry about a fucking t-shirt saying bald is beautiful on a cartoon character like it literally doesn't matter like that doesn't impact you, you and honestly if if you're upset about that there's a bajillion other things in savage dragon that should fire you up more yeah i don't know i'm amazed i'm simply stunned that anybody uh, i'm stunned they're upset about that what are they gonna say about the 231 cover (laughs) i don't know i don't know dude i don't know sometimes I, i understand all right so maybe there are a little some people that are just might be personally offended by that but it's like if you had to cater to everything that everyone was offended to, it's like there would be no art or no anything. You know, like it's just I don't believe that. Why not? Because I believe that I'm I'm offended by bare breasts, so I don't want to walk into the Philadelphia Art Museum because I don't want to, you know, feel uncomfortable. Not I think really. The statement but... is the statement is is that you know any art is divisive to some extent. Any art is. I mean, it can't help but be that because it's self-expression, and self-expression is not mass-marketed where it's meant to hit all the widest angles. But not all self-expression is created equal. Some is just offensive. So. And has no place in a civilized society. Bald is beautiful, certainly, I don't think would fall under that context, though. I mean, when you're saying, and again, it's not saying Harry's ugly, it's saying bald is beautiful. So, again, if you want to invert things, you can, but that's on you. 
Yeah. But it's like offensive to I don't know. There's a lot of shit in art museums that's super offensive to other people. Like Mirakami's got a full sculpture of some guy ejaculating all over the place. But that's not know, offensive. So. Not to you to maybe, but it, it, but, but, so, but it but but a, there's a there's a difference between artistic intent and visuals. Ejaculate naked bodies to you. Imagine imagine someone But but you're you're missing the point. Someone it's, from it's not offensive. It's some people find it disgusting. They're 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 not. No, offen- I think some people find it offensive. So so someone that's Muslim that wears a burqa, okay, you think they wouldn't be offended by that? A naked body ejaculating or something. There's always going to be somebody that's offended. By I got something. one for you. There was that dude that made a, and I'm not even joking for the listener. Uh, he made a Virgin Mary out of feces and filled it with blood. Okay. Obviously, that is as repugnant, like, materials as you can work with. Actual blood. But that's and... not... I don't know if that's offensive. <laughs> to some people, it is. That's all Because it's, it's not necessarily taking a shot at a group of people. What about the Baphomet statue that they wanted to replace with the Ten Commandments where, like, in wherever that was? I don't know what that is. Uh, the the oh, satanic is that the, uh, is that the statue? Well, see, that's not... Offensive. It is As, to, it to is Christians. It is, but that's the thing that doesn't count. Who's to decide what counts? It does count, though. There were a lot of people upset by that. They felt it. like that's in a direct attack to their religion. Yeah, but Church of Satan. That says more about. How, I, I don't know how to phrase this. To me, something offensive is attacking. Is attacking someone on a personal level, but these people, but their I don't religion think... is very deeply personal. But to go back to Savage Dragon two thirty three, I don't think Eric's attacking anybody, but people are offended by it. Yeah, well, I don't think. The, it's well, an attack. yeah, exactly. It's not a personal attack. That's actually kind of the point I was trying to come back around to. Okay, but it is casually an attack. It's, <laughs> it's the... Oh no way! <laughs> I disagree. No. I because totally it, disagree. It's something that, on the surface, seems normalized, uh, but in reality, represents a, lar- a larger systemic problem in our culture. I got a deep. What's the problem? You, Mr. I don't Purcell. think it's a body problem. shaming as a whole. I got but that's a deep not Body shaming. That's not. I, I it's think... not saying that Harry is ugly, and it, I'm you're just. Inferring ex- it. I, I am just explaining I... the 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 context of the complaints. Right. I think that in the. Uh, pursuit of being considerate that it is entirely possible to overthink a situation which again I, I say it's when someone says you look good today they don't mean you looked ugly every other day That's- like like if sh- her shirt said something like 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 shaving the clam or <laughs> you know, you know. Cl- clean cleaning clean the clock that's not Offensive to anybody. That's just stating what's going on. It would be. But it's also goofy and funny. It well, maybe not funny because I'm not very funny. It would still, but you are. But it doesn't imply a a, a standard, I guess is what I'm getting at. So it, it's less, quote-unquote, offensive to people who are sensitive to these overall issues. I think I think the yeah. issue is, is that people's preferences simply must go one way or the other, their preferences. And if Maxine feels like Bald is beautiful, 
it's not actually a commentary on everyone else's genital condition. Like it is okay. <laughs> like the thing is, is that like it's kind of like some guys are leg guys, some guys are butt guys, some guys. But are here, like... here's the thing, and I think this is the important thing. Uh-huh. Maxine's wearing the shirt, right. but Maxine is written by a man. Ah, oh, and that to me. I've always found that to be hypocritical because that is judgmental itself. So you're saying, <laughs> I'm sorry, this kills me. I love it. You're saying so if Eric was Erica Larson, this would be fine. But Probably I don't. Not. I don't think Eric even <laughs> made that slogan. I've heard that before. Oh yeah, sure. Bald is beautiful is a very common. And I think it was because because because. For men, in particular, right, bald and, is seen as uh, as poverty. As it historically was seen as, basically, you have lice, so you shave your head. In in uh, in, 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 in <laughs> but in, I don't think so. That that think, that's that's why you see. I think so it was many, more of guys that were like embarrassed of their receding hairline, shave their heads, and just saying, you know, bald is beautiful, right? And starting that movement. But yeah. I don't necessarily think, if you think about it in that case, Actually, it's I think, not saying if you have a full head of hair, you're ugly. Yeah. I don't think anybody's like, oh, but, man, but my so, hair's so ugly. But society perf- uh, has, a, has a bias towards fuller hair. How many bald superheroes do you see in your comic books? I yeah, but if you're thinking about it that way, or, then or, why sorry, is... Not, not bald superheroes, balding superheroes. Why is bald as beautiful then is not offensive to people if if a man wears it then because a full head of hair is accept, is more acceptable? It's not acceptable. Like, no one's making laws about being bald. I'm just saying that people get treated differently based on the fullness of their hair. At least historically. I'm not talking about... You know, day exactly, day. but I'm saying it's the same shirt, right? If you're, you're more bald, likely to be hired if you've got a full head of hair than being bald. But so, so I'm saying, so the same shirt worn by a guy who has a hair loss problem, sure. saying bald is beautiful. It's not offensive to people that have a full head of hair, but a woman wears it that shaves her genitalia. It's offensive to women that might not shave their genitalia. No, no, no. That's saying. not even what I'm talking about. Okay, because that's I, I'm what talk, we're, like. I'm just talking about. The phrase "bald is beautiful." In context of bald men, and, and more specifically bald women, because women have been wearing their heads bald a lot more in the last you know ten or twenty years, but, and that that and, and bald women are a lot less accepted than bald men. So you're saying this comic cover might offend bald people? I'm no, okay. no. What are you saying? I, I'm saying <laughs> I'm mixed up now. <laughs> I am saying there is an Im- Im- implication. That women who don't shave their genitals are less desirable than women who do. That is well, that was my fundamental. You're saying that shirt would be offensive, maybe to women that don't shave their genitals, right? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that's what the problem is, right? I'm saying the implication is that's the problem. All right, so if a man wore that shirt that says "bald is beautiful" with a bald head, Mm -hmm. do you is the implication then men with full head of hair? Would I'm, be shamed I'm, because they're not shaving their head. Exactly. I think that's. What? I think that, really because for men, being bald is seen as undesirable. For women, not being shaved is seen as undesirable. So it means two. So a bald guy that things. wore that shirt, you would think a guy with a full, a guy with a full head of hair would be. Well, a guy with a full head of hair would, doesn't give a fuck. I'm talking. It's bald people. But it's the wear, same shirt. <clears throat> 
or people who choose to be bald because you can have a full head of hair and still choose to be bald. Oh, so confused. All right, truthfully, just... I'm sorry, Craig. We've said a lot of time on this. <laughs> All right, let's move Truth, on. Truthfully, I, I just, I mean, we'll have to agree to disagree, but I just want to say one more time. If someone compliments themselves or is proud of themselves or something, it is not a slight on you. It's simply their own pride and happiness in this thing that they've chosen to do. So try not to take exception. I know it's hard. I know that you might deal with a lot of things but and other like considerations and complexities, but just don't see it as a slide. It's not. I'm sure it's not. Eric's not the kind of guy to go attacking people's pubic grooming habits via his cover like so now let's talk about the shaving is for pussy shirt no, let's let's kidding. put that one on the back burner <laughs> i just want to also right. say jim suggested option c a bald new direction and i thought that was oh, rock solid yes you know there should be a little star that says a bald new direction in addition somewhere on that cover i absolutely agree i would like to see that that would be beautiful bald B- is beautiful big shock letters i'm offended by new directions I'm defended by nude erections. <laughs> I'm not. All right. all right. All right. All right. <laughs> News bad. item number B. <laughs> He's had enough. <laughs> uh, we got solicitation text for Savage Dragon 231, which was that cover with the uh, with the girl kicking Malcolm in the face into a building. Mm-hmm. Offensive. The uh, <laughs> Yeah. The solicitation text context, uh, gives us some new context into what that cover may be all about. The Savage Sex Dolls, <laughs> made for love, programmed to kill, Malcolm Dragon faces the menace of the Savage Sex Dolls. Love it. So she's probably a robot yep. now. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Yep. And now her outfit makes a lot more sense, too. Yep. God, this is going to be so much debauchery in this issue. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait, dude. And it's the end. How it's phrased, it suggests there may be more than one. Yeah, dolls, plural. I can't wait. I can't wait to see <laughs> where this comes from or where it goes. Fan- I hope these are recurring characters. Like you know, I'm just saying we constantly pick on the Malcolm era for like him, you know, not having a supporting cast. Yeah, killing all his bad guys. Like he comes, he meets him, he kills him, bam. I love the he idea. Th- he has three supporting cast members. Angel, Maxine, and and Thunderhead. And Torment. Um, but now Maxine's got a friend, as we see. Yep, yep, we'll get to her. And and supporting, I mean, the, the kids. Do they count? They can't even talk. They say yeah, all they kinds talk. of words. Alright, anyway. <laughs> And then, and then you got the people trapped in Dimension X. Yeah, they still exist. They still, they're they not out. All right, all right. Let's... Moving right along. <laughs> moving, moving forward. Moving forward. Move past it. Move past it. Savage sex dolls. Uh, we've got another awesome news item. This is pretty cool, actually. Uh, for the Inkwell's third Synod Inking Challenge Spotlight, uh, Eric actually will be... He did the rough drawing that will be inked over. Uh, and the actual details on that, it's uh, going to be sent to 70 different artists and probably be probably about 30 uh, artists they expect will actually reply 
because they just send them out and uh, see who can reply. And then those are actually going to be auctioned off. And it helps, uh, you know, f- the fundraising helps cover the expenses. Of so the it's like a blue line drawing that's like photocopied yeah. and a bunch of inkers. Inker. Yeah. What, what's Inkwell again? He just won that award, right? It's like an yeah. inkers, an uh, inking, like a... Uh, an inking award, award for thing. inkers who ink. An award to uh, recognize inking, excellence in inking, which... Not just tracing. No, it's not. That's an incredibly insulting thing. <laughs> inkers do a ton, so... Uh, they actually probably do most of the work, they to do. be honest. They do the heavy lifting. Um, I mean, depends. It depends on who you're inking. Some guys pencil so tightly that... They the might ink- as well be inking. Yeah, they literally... Like, like Joe Mad, I think converted his pencils over digitally and it you couldn't even tell that it wasn't inked like it mm. looked the same so there are guys that don't really but i'm just saying like if you do loose rough stuff the inkers expected to fill it in and like with detail and make it well look. and that's the way it, even back in the day like i mean this award's named after joe sign but i mean kirby gave like rough pencils and he yeah and that was the thing the pencils just pencils kind of just set up the page and yeah, you know, well, most most of the pencilers would be credited as layouts, not even yeah, it was pencils. More like layouts and the anchors would really take over on a lot of it. Yeah, so it, it's cool. It's cool that there's an award to uh, recognize it because it's not appreciated. Eric won it recently, and they said he won, this he won it last this year. Well, they said this is like a first time thing for someone to like participate. And if you look, it's a pretty cool drawing. It's actually on his Facebook. Right, they said. I don't know. I don't know what what they exactly mean by that, but it sounds like one of the, maybe the first time one of the winners has participated instead of just somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's what they outsider meant. maybe. Yeah, that's what they meant. It's the first time a winner has contributed in this fashion. I see. So yeah, this is a pretty cool drawing. I mean, it's got dragon the uh, dragon and his fa- uh, Malcolm and his family and a bunch of spaceship uh, a bunch of flying saucers, which I absolutely love. Eric's flying saucers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look like the Savage World type sauce. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't help looking at this cover going, huh, Maxine looks pretty good in an action pose. Yeah. Image's first family. Dude, it's it's a good cover. Even the kids leaping into action. So it's good. Yeah, check it out. It's a cool It's a cool thing. It's going to help like this uh, award thing continue and... It's uh, just a, a neat overall thing. Like, and the, and the and the finished inked art will be auctioned for supporting the the awards program. Correct. Eric's even gonna autograph the uh, originals. So, and I think they they posted a bunch of people who have already confirmed, and there's a lot of pretty good names in there. Some I even recognized. Like who? Anyone? I got. I'd have to dig up the list. They said they do all kinds of uh, inkers. They do amateurs, pros. So, yeah, you wouldn't recognize everyone, but, yeah, there's going to be some names in there. That's what's cool. I should take a crack at it. I actually have um, just a a full-size, like, penciled Savage Dragon uh, commission from Eric that, like, years ago I put up on the Facebook Savage Dragon site, Mm -hmm. and a bunch of people, like, inked it. Like, I put it up. For people to download and ink. Cool. And uh, what's his name that did... Uh, he's done a few backups. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Scott um, 
We've interviewed him on the Scott the James. Oh, yeah, yeah, Scott, Scott James. James inked. And inked speaking of Scott James, he's one of the confirmed names here. Yeah, he inked cool. he inked my piece, and it looked awesome. And he even colored it. I think. Actually, you know what? Scott James might have been the only one I recognized. Whoops. <laughs> Here's some names I recognize: Scott and James. But it's always cool to see like a bunch of different artists' take on the same pencil artwork. You know what I mean? Like a oh, bunch yeah. of different inks over. And how how they vary. Well, that's the thing, is whenever people are like, oh, it's just tracing, it's like, it's totally not. And if you just look at different people's jobs on the same piece, you'll see the difference right there. Like, oh, you'll definitely. see there's good inking and there's bad inking. There's definitely a difference. And there's, you know, excellent pro inkers that ink things totally different. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I mean, <clears throat> so much variation. Remember the Savage Dragon issue where Eric did all the roughs and then all yep. the everyone inked? Yeah, yep. was it one hundred? Where uh, I think it was one hundred. All the backup stories, yeah. And it couldn't have looked any different. Yeah, like you got the Bruce Tim one, and then you had like the Sam Keith. Like, well, he ended up not doing it, but Eric published some of the pages like that. He Sam Keith got halfway through it and then kind of flaked, I guess. Image <laughs> foundered it. Yeah. Image united it. Cruel. But then he got some of his old Amazing Spider-Man inkers on there. And yeah. Good so, stuff. again, it just really shows you, like, I don't know. It's cool. I like I like the idea of the whole thing. And actually, what's really cool is I hope, I don't know if we'll get to see the 30-plus covers or whatever, but I really hope that we do. Like, I hope they find their way to the internet so we can see, like, how these turn out. Yeah. I'm sure someone will keep track of them. Yeah, post yeah. them on the. That'll be awesome. There's a lot to ink on that too, man. Oh yeah, yeah. that that's a freaking cover. That yeah. could go on anything. Yeah, yeah. So should right, we uh, so, go ahead? Yep, that's it for the news. We'll get into the interesting conversations bit. Indeed, this is uh, the interesting conversations bit where we ask you, the listeners, for your opinion on a Savage Dragon related topic or for your suggestions for future topics. You can send all feedback to savagefincast at gmail.com and your responses may be read on a future episode of the Fincast. So uh, from last week, which I was, uh, not last week, but last episode, episode, I was not a part of that episode, but the question was, what would it take for you to stop reading Savage Dragon? And uh, Before we I, get going, let's get your take. Hot take. All right, we're... I think any like anyone's take would probably be if Eric stopped writing it and really drawing it. Yeah, I think I so. Would if start. Eric passed the torch, you wouldn't follow. I may follow to see where it goes, but I couldn't guarantee I would stay on. I got to be but honest. If you, but if you, but if he sold out to Viacom, you absolutely would not. Oh yeah, forget probably it. not. It, it wouldn't be the same. If, if say he sold it to another like major company like the Ninja Turtles or something. Yeah, I don't see them. What I love about Dragon is the variation and anything goes. Mm-hmm. I All I could see is them just rehashing the same stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I, I might try it, but Eric's voice is Dragon, and it would sound weird from anybody else. Like, even, like, if someone else does a spinoff, it's like, eh, or if Dragon's in another book, it's just, it really doesn't do much for me. Hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I might just collect it, but I, it wouldn't. I wouldn't guarantee that I would. Your collector spirit wouldn't allow you to stop. <laughs> yeah, probably buying right. it. No, no, I think it would honestly, because there's not many comics I collect. New comics I collect these days. 
Right. And the pretty much the only reason I go to the comic store anymore is because Savage Dragon. Once Invincible is done, there's maybe like three or four other comics that I get, but that's more just to kind of right. I don't know, have additional ones, but there's nothing I'm like hooked on. Everything I buy nowadays are like collections of old comics. I hear you. So, so that I don't, I don't hear you. <laughs> there's too many good comics out there, Craig. Well, I'm sure there is, but I can't empathize. I'm sure there is, but I have other hobbies too. I like collecting records and stuff like that. And so ah, I um, I don't know, like. There's not much now that I feel like getting into. I'm sure there's tons of great stuff. There's thousands and thousands of comics out there, but I don't know. Like I said, I think if Savage Dragon stopped, I'd probably stop collecting new comics for the Whoa. most part. Yeah, sorry. No, that's hardcore. Yeah, I mean, there's a few creators out there like Tom Scholey and you know guys like that. Maybe uh, I don't know anything that. Um, What's his name? I'm having a brain fart, but Madman. Uh, Alred. Oh, Alred. Alred. I'll, I'll call well, are you reading stuff. Bug? Yeah, yeah, I am. Actually. Okay, good. Yeah. Pug's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll pick up pretty much it. You know, Alred plus Kirby, that's a no-brainer. You yeah. Know? Did you uh, Did you read uh, Legion of Superheroes, Batman 66? I did not. I did that's not. pretty good one, too. I did not too. pick that up, but uh, the art looked amazing. Yeah. Agreed. I am collecting, uh, this is on off-topic, but... The Orion uh, stuff, which has been kind of cool. The Kirby stuff or, like, all the following stuff? The new series that's out. Wait, Orion or Mr. Miracle? I'm sorry, Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle Orion's is a big part uh, of it, but... Yeah, yeah. That latest issue is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, here's a... F- off topic. One thing I didn't buy in the comic, Comicsology sale, I probably should have, mm-hmm. was the uh, the original Mr. Miracle run. Okay. Oh yeah. I could I could have gotten all eighteen issues for five bucks. It was a really good deal. And I don't know why I didn't buy it. Yeah, I have the original so, comics of those, but I went back and I bought all those Kirby omnibuses for. But that's the thing. Reading Mister Miracle makes me say I really should go back and read the original stuff yeah. and not be a jackass. Yeah. Because <laughs> clearly everything that came after is very different than what Kirby did. Right. Because. Yeah. You know, it was his own thing for a while, and now it's just kind of integrated. Simonson did a lot of cool. He did a Orion series and some Fourth World stuff, and his stuff was amazing because he's pretty good with sticking with the Kirby type. I I also almost bought that Magnolia series, uh, Cosmic Odyssey. You know, I've never read that, and I really want to read that. That was another five dollar book. I really should have bought. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, you know, more money, more comics than money. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I guess that's what it would take for me to stop. I mean, this stuff I like and don't like with Savage Dragon once in a while, but it's as long as Eric's on it and it's, you know, it's going to be exciting. There's always going to be something crazy or weird or jaw-dropping, so I'm in it for the long run. Well, let's see what other people thought. <laughs> Raven, I'll take, take it, it away. away. I'll take it away. I'll lead us into this. Fincast crew. Hey, fellas, great podcast as always. The only way I'd ever abandon Savage Dragon is if Larson started drawing naked chicks with inverted nipples. You gotta draw the line somewhere. Honestly, I'm here to stay. Period. Story-wise, he could do anything he felt like and I'd still stick around. As long as the art doesn't suck ass, I'm good. I'm okay with him experimenting with different styles on individual issues, but not if it becomes status quo. 
Sincerely, Sotiris V for Vendetta Gravis. P.S. Issue 189 had a logo that was almost sideways. And he linked that. He's he's right. It was like a diagonal. Is that the one with all the golden age? Yes, yeah. that's the one. That's true. Right down the middle, right? Mm, kind of in the corner. It was like on the floor. Yeah, like, on, yes, like it... on the floor, like between them. Right. P.P.S. Props to Raven on that backup. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. And that was what it would take for Sotiris to get off. Do you guys think, like... I'm getting slight... I got slight mixed messages. But if the art, like, changed significantly, I don't think that'd be enough to get me to stop. I don't think it would be enough, because the art dips around, like, crazy yep. anyway. Like, it also, like, ups and downs. And so, like, uh, like you can really tell, like, when he's busy with a bunch of cons yeah. versus when he's had some time to really... Shut like, up! He always draws awesome. He's such a hater. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. You're offending me. No, just kidding. Bald is beautiful. That's all I... It's, I'm done. That's all I have to say. No, I see where he's coming from. I, You know, it's cool. But no, I, art wouldn't run me off. Maybe if it was ultra-minimalist, like it was all Snow Patrol all the time. Okay, all means. right, hold on. Let's do this. What artistically would it take? You, Jim, you kind of answered. I don't know if you were joking or not. But artistically, what would it take to run you away? Rob Liefeld. Ooh. <laughs> no sense. What, if Eric just started drawing like Rob Liefeld? Started drawing like Rob Liefeld and wouldn't stop. <laughs> no matter how much I begged. Like, just run. Didn't, like, like, didn't he, like, draw in his style for, like, a page or two for something? I don't know. He can do it. I mean, like, he can do, like, other people's styles, like, amazingly convincing. Mm-hmm. I like, think for me it would be like if he did that real shaky like strip style for like ever. If he just decided, you know, like what was the one with the uh, Cosmic Carl, like the flying Carl Cosmic. Carl oh. Cosmic. If he just decided like, eh, I'm just gonna do it like this, like that's what, it. Well, that's what the ultra loose, like. ultra loose, and like you have, I don't know, arthritic wrist. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like, if that, I mean, obviously he's doing those quick as, like, a quick strip, and it's like, I get that's part of the art for that, but if he decided that was the way Savage Dragon was gonna look, I think I would get kind of, that would get old. I don't know, I'm weird, I don't think that's too far off his standard, it's not enough to drive me away. Yeah, I think it is a lot better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, jeez. Carl Cosmic is pretty far off the standard. It's pretty rough and shaky. I think Carl Cosmic, I mean, like... When we're talking Carl Cosmic, are we talking that one with the guy flying around? Yeah. The airplane. Yeah, remember the yeah. airplane? Like, oh. Like, people didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Didn't, that didn't strike me as too far removed from what he usually does. Oh, it was pretty far removed. I mean, and there was definitely less detail, and, you know, it was, you know, backgrounds were kind of empty, but that was about it. Really? That was about it? It yeah. was pretty different. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong strip. No, no, it, you are. You're thinking of the right one. Cause it's you like even... a thin pencil line that's really shaky. <clears throat> he even said he just drew it real fast. It's like, like layouts, basically. Yeah. I guess his style comes through no matter what he does. Well, you definitely could tell it's him. If I saw it like, in a bunch of other stuff, I would know it's him. But anyway. <laughs> so well, Thank you. S- yes, thank you. 
Thank you, Satiris, uh, for writing in. Always good to hear from you, friend. Friend Long-time of the pod. Listener. I hate when podcasts <laughs> say that. Friend of the pod. I hate pod. myself right now. Who says friend of the pod? That's horrible. I hear that all the time on podcasts. Uh, second letter we got. Hey, fellas. I'm going to keep this simple. My answer to this episode's question is, Eric would have to leave the book or end it. Fanatic until the end. Further to my reply, though, don't I don't see Eric doing anything to make me drop the book barring a complete change in tone, narrative, genre, etc. Which I don't see happening without a changing creator. I'd drop it if it became Todd McFarlane's Savage <laughs> Dragon. Which would mean uh, Continental... Wait, continental... Sh- what? Continental shelf. Oh, oh, oh. Which would mean continental shelf paced story development and an excess of verbal diarrhea, to name a few. <laughs> Was that too harsh? <laughs> a, a, a tiny bit, but accurate. Meow. Anyway, keep up... Anyway, guys, keep on keeping on. Peace. Tony. Michelandra. Michelandra. Michelangelo. Michaleka high. Like a Chinese. Sorry, man. You got a lot of consonants in there. A lot of vowels. You know, it's funny. It's so funny that he would say, barring a change in genre. um, Yeah, I know, right? Comic's about to become a porno comic (laughs) 24-7. That's not where I was going. Wow. That was not where I was going with that, but I know what's on your mind. (laughs) (laughs) You upset? Would that run you off? The porno? No, we'll get to that. Okay, okay. I just want to say, um, to bring some insight to this, this it's kind of funny. uh, He said, uh, who is answer? It was his interview with Russ, Russell Burlingame. And he always does his excellent... Eric Larson's interview? Yeah, he always does his excellent comicbook.com interviews. If you don't, listeners, read them. You should. They are good. They're always insightful. Yeah, they're like the director's kind of like interview for each episode. Yeah. It's like the DVD extra. It's great commentary, and um, he basically, he said, when I was asking that, I was thinking, like, there was an issue of, Cer- an arc of Cerberus that was basically a conversation in a bar, the whole arc. Okay. And he said, like, would that run you off? And I was like, whoa, I would hate to read, I realized when he said that. Like 16 squares a page of just I don't see a problem. Dialogue. Oh, I would hate that. I read books like that. Oh, it would be miserable. Fan of Bendis, are you? Well, no, Bendis couldn't do that. He's awful. He couldn't make that engaging or gripping. There's a lot of talking heads in his I'm praying to Christ he doesn't get given Legion of Superheroes. Pretty much talking heads are what you want to avoid. There were parts in Preacher, and Preacher's a masterpiece. But there were just parts in Preacher where it was just nine-panel grid of talking heads. Finish your thought, and I'm going to bring something up. Well, that that was it. I was just going to say, like... Craig, Mr. Miracle, is that's all it was. Issue four, Mr. Miracle was yeah, all talking heads in the trial. That's true, and I did not enjoy that as much. Really? Yeah. I love that. That was the most gripping suspense like in a comic I've read in like, ages. Let I have to you. say, I like. I think for my taste, Bug is a better comic. Okay. That's that's more of what I'm into. But sure. I can appreciate Mr. Miracle. But if I had a preference, it would be a comic. Like, if we had to compare the two, my tastes fall more into like the Bug kind of. I don't know. I just kind of see the nine panel grid with a lot of doc and dialogue. It's just like it's Watchmen. It's like I said. Uh, I, I don't think it's absolutely horrible. I, I I like it to a point. I can take one comic like that in a series sure. or something. But an arc. 
Yeah. Like, and could, I can uh, even appreciate Watchmen. It's not my favorite comic, but I can appreciate it. Okay. I'm just saying, like, uh, I thought But for Savage Dragon, no way. A conversation you, in a bar as a whole story arc? Like, for six issues. I'd blow yeah. my brains yeah. out. That'd it's be the worst. Not cool. I don't know. I think it can be done. I think you can take an action book like Savage Dragon and do something like that. It's just the action has to become dialogue-based. I'm telling you, you're talking to a fan of Death Note, and Death Note literally is just talking. Like, there's pages and pa- there's volumes where all they do is talk. Note there's- to self, do not pick up Death Note. The <laughs> longest stand battle. Well, I was going to say, though, here's the thing. At the same time, at the same time, Death Note's incredible. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is... If, oh, so I'm told. Note to self, just watch it on Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, do that, Craig. You do that. <laughs> Believe it or not, the cartoon is still really, really good if you do watch the cartoon. That American... But no, I'm just saying, Like, I, I could agree that a conversation could be good in a comic form. There are comics where... Like I said, Death Note is almost an entire series about people debating each other, and yet it's awesome. There's even awesome visuals to it, because the guy just, like we said, talking heads on a nine-panel grid. Guess what you don't get in Death Note? Talking heads on a nine-panel grid. Like, it might be two people talking, but he's going to fill that page with some kick-ass shit to see. I'm not sure if any Japanese comic creators ever seen a nine-panel grid before. No, they don't do it. That's the funny thing, is they don't do just a page of talking heads. That's just they don't do it. And so it's an American comics thing to have nine panel grids of talking heads. And I want to blow my brains out every time I see it. So I wouldn't quit reading Savage Dragon, but it would have to be some fucking, like you said, gripping. Qu- a couple of pages of just a, the same shot of Malcolm 18 times. No dialogue. <laughs> it just have to be the most incredible. Representation of time passing. The most incredible dialogue. I'm just saying, if it was gripping dialogue, okay, you can do it, but you just have to bring it. It would be a change. I'll give it that. Would it... I, I I would love to see Eric try. Is all I would say. The fly. Don't you think the fly was ah, the, yeah, the, actually yeah. the the fly is a good example of exactly what I'm describing, of long periods of time with no movement. But even then, like it had lettering to kind of keep it more interesting. Yeah. That so, wonderful, wonderful Eric Larson hand lettering. So I, don't I know. love it. I'm just saying, it would be a hard sell. Let's uh, keep moving it along. What do you say? Uh, th- this next letter is not part of uh, interesting conversations. Well, it's but uh, I thought I'd include intru- it. Introduce maybe a new topic or something. But let's take a look. All right. So uh, this is from Mike McCutch. I'm sorry if I butcher your name, but he said. Hey guys, I have a potential topic for you to discuss. Quick background, I was watching an old show on YouTube called The Comic Book Greats. Stan Lee is interviewing John Romita, Sr. and Jr. An interesting episode to be sure. The last part of the show has John Romita and Son drawing and inking each other. I draw, get it, your attention to the part where the Romitas are drawing and specifically to how they hold their drawing implement. Seems pretty close. What you say? What do you say? I, I think he's implying that they're doing Seems caveman close grip. to how Eric grips his pencil. I pencil. guess. Did you yeah. call so, it the caveman? <laughs> I don't. I didn't create that. I think Eric called it that once. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so he posted two links. 
maybe we can we always say this and it never happens but maybe we can post these links when we post the the show up i'll, I'll try to include them uh if not look up the comp book greats with stan lee and john romita senior and junior yeah or that's, uh that's good i don't know send us an email and we'll send you the link or something but uh, I guess what he's saying, and I saw the the video, and I I had never noticed this, but John Romita, at least I seen the senior, when he's penciling a certain way or shading a certain way, he holds it that wonky way that Eric holds his style. And for the listener who might not know this, Eric holds his pencil a real weird way when he when he uses it. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just he odd. holds it between his thumb and his. Uh... And his uh, index finger, as opposed to resting it on his middle finger, as uh, most people do. Yeah, uh, most people use a writer's grip, and he grips it like he was uh, doing a chalk drawing. Right. He's like got it. He's got it like it vertical. He's like, and he like he like. I want to say he like he does this interesting thing that he like. He pushes against the paper instead of pulling it across. Yeah, it's totally the opposite. It's yeah, totally the opposite of what it, you would think. Yeah, like that's a good etching, way to put it. He's that's etching it. it out. Yeah, yeah, like using pastels or something weird. I don't know. And Craig, you saw him drawing in person. It makes yeah. that. Cra- it even makes that crazy noise, like, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like he yeah. scrapes into it, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very strange to see, and you can see it on YouTube. But the I thought it was interesting that uh, at least John Romita Senior seems to use that technique on some of the ways that he's. Some ways he holds it like it seems like a normal grip, and then when he's kind of shading or doing something a little different, he switches it up, and it almost looks like that Eric grip. So, I don't know. It's a good point. I don't know if it means much, but it's I think it's interesting just yeah. because that's so closely associated with Larson. Yeah, yeah. That, like, it is weird to see some anyone else doing it. Especially another great, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, also had a PS there. Oh, sorry. PS. A while back, one of your topics was who would you have draw Savage Dragon if Eric couldn't? I'm surprised that no one considered Walt Simonson. Back in the day when I was first exposed to Eric's art, I thought of him as the new Walt Simonson. Anyway, that's my two cents. I I agree with that. I mean, I think Walt Simonson would be an awesome. You know, oh yeah. I, I think him and Eric have very similar styles and influences as well. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, read his new series? Which one is that? Ragnarok. No, that's like... IDW. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, but I haven't read it. I read the first issue. It starts out pretty good. Looks pretty good. I'm not sure who's inking him. I don't know. I don't think he's inking himself. Oh, you know what? He might be. It might have just been the colors that bothered me. IDW does weird things with their coloring. It had a cool... I heard him pitch it on video. It has a cool concept. It does, actually. Yeah. I gotta follow up on it. Walt Simonson's one of those guys who just can do anything amazing. And thing is, though, with guys like Walt Simonson, they're older than Eric, so I don't think of them as replacements for Eric. No, yeah. If you're gonna do a replacement, right. you definitely want like some young gun. Yeah, I love like the Simon, like even like the John Byrne, Walt Simonson. I consider those guys kind of like the similar. Like those are the guys that can take like Kirby comics and do them justice. And I consider Eric kind of like that second generation after, but those those kind of guys that you know will will take a Kirby creation and really just do it justice. Oh yeah, visually, 
and writing. I, I guess Walt and his, you know, maybe his wife, uh, Louise. I'm not sure. They like I, I consider Jack Kirby, Walt Simonson, and John Burns Fantastic Four the best runs on Fantastic Four. Jack Kirby and Walt Simonson's runs on Thor the best. You know, I just. I, I, he's, I'm a Tom DeFalco man myself. Yeah. You didn't like Mark Miller's run on Fantastic Four? Yeah, nah. I don't think I. Wait, did he ever have a Fantastic yeah. Four run? I read it. Recently. Oh, maybe not. Did he? I read it recently, and you want to know what's funny? It's still pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> he like, did Fantastic Four, like not the Ultimate Fantastic, not Ultimate, not Ultimate. He did it with Brian Hitch. Mm. Oh, it was Ben Grimm, old Blue Eye Benji, and. You know, read and every yeah. I don't remember that period. Yeah, I don't either. I was thinking of Mike Raringo and what's his name when they did it. Uh, Mark Wade, right? Yeah. Which yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think it was Ultimate. Now you got me questioning, but Ultimate Reed was young, right? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. The Reed and the one I'm remembering was old. Well, okay. Um, thanks for writing in, guys. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. All over the map. Yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, we got a new interesting conversation for you. And, of course, we're going to do the format where we propose it to one another, we discuss it, and then we ask you to respond as well. And it's just the perfect timing for this topic. Which is to say, this is Savage Dragon's... 25th anniversary year just a little year in review like your feelings how you feeling about this stretch of issues we've had take it away hold on, hold on one second I want to make sure I know what the first issue was this year first for the 25th anniversary no for for this year for 2017 oh uh, like what stretch of issues are we actually talking about oh Oh, I get you, yeah. To be truthful, I don't know the beginning. <laughs> it's okay, I can find it here in a second. Shouldn't be hard. I gotta say, it's probably like around 222 or 223. Uh, March. There's dead air, dead air. <laughs> yeah, dead air. Yeah, well, dead, dead air is easy. March 2017 was 222. February, January, two nineteen, trial of Glum. Started with we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We might now. I think it's gonna be eleven issues total by the end of the year. Not a bad run, unless two thirty squeaks in. Yeah, it's scheduled for December thirtieth. We'll see uh, December twentieth. We'll see how that happens. But yeah, okay, so 219 was the Trial of Glum issue. So from there, it went Trial of Glum, two-parter, uh, I think. Then 218, wasn't that the death of uh, Maxine's dad? Was that 218? 218 was death of Maxine's dad, so that was the end of last year. And then, like... Oh, so, so that then, was... Alright, oh, right, then, so, then, right, it starts at 219, you're saying, so I'm... That's what I'm saying. 219 Sorry. came out in January of this year. Trial of Glum. Dragon gets out of jail. 
Uh, Malcolm's got a kind of sister, Marsha, Lightning Girl. Yeah. Right, that comes up. Uh, then it's the merging of the universes, 225, like a Trump issue. There. I really, this whole, since 225, like 226, 27, 28 have all come out like really fast. Yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like a year's worth of issues already. There was that tiny lull where 225 just took a little bit longer than what was normal. Cause, right. Because I remember, like, my comic shop, I like you said, Craig, I only go to the comic shop just for Savage Dragon. Like, I don't go for my other books. Yeah. And my comic shop was like, oh, we, th- we thought you'd abandoned us or something like that. <laughs> so, like, I do remember before 225 hit, there was just a stretch. But it, I think this is going to be a 12-issue year. Like, remember yeah. when we were at the beginning of the year, I don't know if you guys remember, but we were like, oh, how many issues do you think we'll get? You know, we know we usually get ten. Eight? Seven? <laughs> no, but for a while, he just was like, in the beginning, was just, they were really coming out quick. Oh, yeah. It was like just one right after another. And then 225, of course, is like a 100-page issue, so that slowed down. Mm-hmm. But it, I guess, you know, in terms of the overall year, looking at, I mean, a lot of crap, I think more stuff has happened well the biggest thing is dragon died well i think this year has had more significant changes to the book oh yeah than any other year return of jennifer dragon dies return jennifer dragon dies. kicked out of america (laughs) yeah book moves to canada there's other stuff uh dark lord dies as another major villain right glum lord probably exits for a while we had a hundred page issue with like a bunch of different artists raven perez made a savage dragon debut <laughs> long awaited we had crazy porn cover like yeah yeah the, yeah the sex stuff really kicked up this year we had a jock alternate cover <laughs> we had this comparing it comparing it to last year where it was all like dart and uh spawn crossover stuff Return. For a while, it was Variant City there, wasn't it? Didn't it feel like there were a bunch of variants? Like, yeah, for months 222 had the black and white variant. Then 223 had the jock variant. Of course, 225 had the different variants. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the sex one was like over <laughs> the top. Right, the sex cover. Oh, how could I forget? That was the very first, like, oh, wow. I've never seen sex before. The seeker Contra- came back. I'm and- Raven Perez. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. That's accurate. The Seeker came back after 15 years. We'll talk about that soon. Oh, you just rubbed a raw... I can tell. You rubbed a raw spot. Tons of monster dongs. Yeah, monster dongs really were... uh, Had a breakthrough year. year. 2017, (laughs) year of monster dongs. They had a breakthrough year. I just want to say, I know this is going to sound hilarious, but tell me I'm wrong when you go back and look at it, dear listeners. Um, Eric Larson went to a con... And somebody asked him to draw the tick, which he did. He drew the tick. I swear to you, you go back, you look at that drawing of the tick, you tell me one of his antenna doesn't look like a monster dong. Complete with drip off the end. Get out. I'm not even... I, I, look it up right now. You, you live fact check me. You think I'm joking? You look it up. I just right love now. the fact that you see this. <laughs> You'll see it. <laughs> Phallic symbols everywhere. Look too, dude. Uh, 
I'm telling right, you. Anyway, let's. I'll look it up after. I promise what you. Were, what were we talking about? Uh, Just all the things. <laughs> oh yeah, 2017. Pretty good year. You can't see it because it's radio. I'm holding my thumb up. <laughs> I see it, Raven. Now I can't unsee it. You do see it though, right? Yes. You see the drip, right? But I would never have gotten that. You are a filthy bastard. No, I'm not. <laughs> um. Well, you are, but. Well, I am. Yeah, that's true. I am, but. And I own it, but All it's right. like... Well, the listener can't see this, so we should probably just save this for it. <laughs> Google it, listeners. Google it. Eric Larson Tick, and look at the Tick's antenna. It's the one on the right. It's the Tick's right. It's the reader's, the viewer's left. Uh, it's been a cool year. I just say that, like, for the 25th anniversary year, of course, Ant took a hit. Um, we didn't get Ant, which was uh, a little bit of a downer because... We came off of last year all in, all the time. Well, we were expecting. I mean, that was it. Is that was the segue? You know, Ant was in Spawn, and uh, I we, we were super expecting it to just roll into her debut this year, and that was the only thing. Is two twenty five's epic size killed Ant, and he pretty much said that was the problem. I think. Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing, like, and that's not even a Savage Dragon problem. It's like, when, you're, when your problem is, oh, we didn't get another book, it's like, well, you know, that's not much of a problem. <laughs> but that's the only thing that could have pushed this year to 11, is if we had also gotten Ant on top of everything else. Right. But like 12 no, I, issues? I agree, yeah. 12 yeah. issues, so much happened, so much craziness. Yeah. I mean, just think, like, I know we say this all the time, I know it's a cliche, but just compare this to, like, the progress that happens in other books. Right. Like, if this shit happened to, like, Spider-Man or something, it'd be, like, headlines all over the world. (laughs) Yep. Spider-Man died and his son took over the book and then he moved to Canada and (laughs) started fucking his girlfriend. (laughs) So... All that spider webbing everywhere. <laughs> webbing everywhere. Aunt May actually dies. Yeah, yeah. Aunt May's gone. Gone again. Still Flash st- Thompson comes in and screws Aunt May. It's <laughs> <His> dead body. <laughs> oh, and then the Glum. Even Glum's like just super. Like even Glum's like new heights of evil. Like by yeah. by far he's what's funny and that's a status quo I wasn't expecting is that like Glum's definitely the most evil fucker in the book right now yeah like without a shadow of a doubt like besides all the like destroying all the reality stuff right like that stuff with cutting the belly open and raising the baby to be his lover yeah that was pretty I don't horrible. know it seemed okay, it seemed pretty on par for Glum to me it's just crazy he, he was always kind of like that I don't know I've just always seen him as that sort of thing Uh, just seemed like a level up like he definitely got more evil it seems um so so yeah if you guys have opinions on um the last year uh, listeners out there have any opinions about you know 2017 and Savage Dragon Feel free to write us in to Savage Dragon. I'm sorry, SavageFinCast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and we'll read them out in the show. Yeah, you know, you're, and it doesn't even have to be all positive. 
if you thought oh yeah go go negative go real negative yeah if you if you if you thought like something the ball was dropped or you didn't like the monster cocks aren't your thing yeah well i was gonna say like you know the sex some of the sex is rubbing people the wrong way you know we want to hear it you said rubbing that's it (laughs) there was no slip of the tongue so should we uh, get into the meat and potatoes savage dragon 228 all seeker secrets were not revealed (laughs) and i'm pissed jim can i just say i felt like that letters column intro was written just for you what letters column oh the eric's intro in the the beginning of the letters column this issue (laughs) yes i'm with jim honestly (laughs) i'm with jim i didn't read it read it to me Here's what it says. It, I, I just feel like if he'd said, so, Jim, it says, for those of you who built up some huge involved backstory for the Seeker in your head and were massively disappointed by the tepid reveal, well, sorry. I never said he was anything more than just another guy. That's on you. So he's dead, and he's never coming back. Yeah. Fuck everything. If this is your first exposure to the Seeker, ignore this paragraph entirely. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I just think it was like... I don't know. Even if he wasn't... I hate wastes <laughs> of good designs. Even if he wasn't any like reoccurring character or anything like that, uh-huh. he could have at least kind of said a few words or said something or to imply that he was firm something yeah, about like he, his motivations for i mean we kind of find out on russ burlingame's uh comicbook.com interview what he is because doesn't eric say he's just cyberface's goon yeah it's funny because i'm glad you mentioned that if you didn't read that interview you you, know are you walking across the room when you're oh, talking? I'm so sorry, dude. Okay. <laughs> yes, I was. I thought I could sneak and do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought I could pull that off. Hold on. Let's give Jim a little editing silence to like mark this. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm so sorry. Hold That's on going in. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Well, no. Uh, my bad. I thought I could pull that off. Uh, no, basically, yeah, if you didn't read that comicbook.com interview, you wouldn't know anything about the fucking seeker like it's not in the issue i didn't read it (laughs) i know dude it's just eh, it is what it is i just you know the guy he he bothers to bring back a character from that last appeared 15 years ago yeah just to kill him with no explanation like you could have made any character that you could have done anything with this guy anything yep it would have been just even more satisfying if it kind of just was revealed that it was just a robot or something, a programmed robot and we or don't, something. And it looks like he's full of blood. Yeah, yeah. it was a guy. So what is that about? <laughs> he he left more mysteries. He he created more questions than he answered. Yeah, I guess that's how it has to be. No, dude, I'm with you. Well, and, and on top of it, the solicitation said all of, se- all of his secrets will be Apparently, there, there are, are no secrets. <laughs> Zero secrets. So, I guess, to be fair, they were all the secrets were revealed. There just weren't any. There were no secrets. <laughs> Not I one single say, seeker secret. And he knew that people would be severely disappointed because he wrote that box <laughs> in the letters column. It's just, I don't know, it's just... 
Yeah, it, it could have been anything. He's a cover. He got the cover marquee like three times. It's a drop ball. I hate to say it, but it's a drop ball. It, it's it's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It's all God getting shoot by planes again. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I mean, the whole issue isn't as weak as that one, but I'm putting it in the same box. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I was really excited to learn his secrets, and yeah, there were. I feel to me, it was like Eric's like, "Fuck this! I don't feel like it. I'm running out of pages <laughs> here. I don't know. He doesn't need to be anybody." Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Let's take a closer look at what goes on in this book. It, it's fine. It, you know what? That was the. And here's the thing. Don't it, it apologize was... for it. No, no, Raven. No, no. You're not going to sit here and make it. No. no, I'm actually, I'm actually not. I'm actually not apologizing at all. I, I'm actually with you, bros. That, it, that that's a huge miss. I called it the. Uh, you know how Malcolm being in the astronaut suit was the long bomb. Yes. Well, I've named the seeker the non bomb. <laughs> the nega bomb. Dud, he's a dud. He he we he yeah. built up all that anticipation only to fizzle out. It does stink because I <laughs> love you know those kind of long. It, it's such a good payoff for long time readers. Yeah, yeah. I'm not making apologies. Like it, and, if, you know, it, it's just like well then have him blow you know shoot Malcolm's head off or whatever, but have him escape or something if you don't feel like fitting in a origin this book. You know. Yeah, it's his I'm character. Gonna, I mean, I'm, he can do what he wants, but yeah. no, I can no, be disappointed. I, I, you're just talking as a reader. I mean, that's the thing is, as a reader, um, almost anything would have been more exciting than this. That's all. Yeah. And so that's Would have it. preferred nothing. Yeah, and, and it's fine. I'll, that's all I was saying. I wasn't actually jerking it back for some kind of, like, damage control. I was just saying that, like, it's... <laughs> Like, Jim was like, ah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm just saying, no, it's okay to talk about it because he's on the cover. So that's that's the elephant in the room to discuss. Like, we got it out of the way. Yeah. But, yeah. Malcolm, uh, I gotta say, looks badass of the goatee. Agreed. Yes. It's actually, I think it's a grand improvement, which is why I'm so disappointed he might be shaving it off very soon. I think it makes him look more mature. Yeah. I think he looks, like, fucking cool. Cooler than his dad, almost. Yeah, I yeah. never liked Dragon with the handlebar. Yeah, not so good. Didn't Where's he have a, it better? Did he have a mustache? He had a mustache at one point, and a, and a, and a goatee at the end of the miniseries. That was a long time ago. And then I, th- I think he grew it back during Gang War, uh-huh. but it's been a while. When um, He definitely grew one when, when uh, um, Harris died. Mm-hmm. I think he grew another one when... I can't remember the circumstances. It was when he was getting his uh, uh, a massage with that that foot massage. It's a long time ago. I know what you're talking about. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was a different period of the book. But I have to check my faxes. I will say, uh, I do like the uh, photo referenced first, pa- first panel. And I had a Canadian friend that was like, oh, that's amazing. I know that. Yeah. So it yeah, is cool. Well, that's the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'm he, gonna be straight up. It's very distracting to me. You don't like it. It's well. It's not that I don't like it being here. Is that? And this is a problem I have with a lot of modern comic book backgrounds. Is taking the photo reference, uh-huh. and and I guess 
I'd call it a trace job. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what they do because there's a it, it looks too good compared to how Eric typically draws his buildings. If you're talking it's about Marvel, too detailed. Like Marvel and them use SketchUp, right? And that's why that's too good because it is literally computer generated. This, I think, he said was a photo printed blue line onto the drawing board. So there is drawing here. But okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he he did all the detail himself over the over the the reference. Right. It's a, it's a and he used a photo as the blue line as you say. So I guess I just say that it's more detailed than he typically does, so it stands out a lot more compared to that. I'm okay with it. It's I mean, it's I mean, not... look at the car in the shot. That is not a Larson car. We know what a Larson <laughs> car looks like. True, true. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't super bug me just to be used every now and then. There's more references in this issue of mm-hmm. more Toronto building places references than I think in 100 issues of Chicago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got the... I think we saw the bean once. The Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that was like towards, that was like five issues ago. <laughs> you know, he just started doing that. But uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame, they talk about Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. They had that Crocodile Rock place, which is actually a place. Like, you can go on Google Maps and see it. And then at the end, the hospital is actually a, a real hospital, too. It's uh, St. Michael's Hospital, because I looked it up. I was curious. Really? Yeah. I thought that that, like with the tube, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought that that looked a little too clean. Yep, you can actually go on, like, Google Maps and see all these places. I don't know. I'm okay with it. It's not overused, in my opinion. There's three reference shots in this whole book, so I'm okay with it. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I get you, Jim. It. it I can see where if it takes you out, it just does. But I'm kind of okay with it, where he's trying to hit landmark. Sure, like you know, it's a new. I'm place. not saying I'm not saying it's bad or that it's. I'm just saying it's distract. It's it's noticeable. Does anyone no, notice that uh, the kids now are starting to resemble like Malcolm when he was like, you know, probably around Jack issue, definitely does issue 100 ish kind of. Like I know he was a little older in issue 100, but it definitely like is starting to resemble like the young Malcolm we saw in the comics back in the day. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's just funny. They're also talking a lot more. Funny what little hellions they are. It's really interesting to me that they, all three of them seem to be at different, like, uh, uh, levels of speech. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Amy doesn't seem to be super great at it, but um, Jack seems to be, like, doing complete sentences. Actually, I guess Tyrone does, too. Yeah, no, Jack's definitely more articulate. Amy is, like, oddly not. <laughs> yeah, she's all ba 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 ba. Yeah. <laughs> I like the panel of them in the ball pit. That's fun. Look at all that super aim going on. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's just fun. It's yeah, a fun panel. It's Tyrone getting thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this and is I like... guess Maxine's got a, either a new friend or relative or... That's a friend. She's from the party, which we saw her last oh, time. Right. Yeah, she's a recurring character. She'll be named soon. She'll get she'll get a fist through her chest at some point. Yeah, she'll get killed. It's fine. She'll get something in her. <laughs> 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 
Uh, give it time. Talking about bag milk. You know what's funny? Fucking, fucking love bag milk. I'm glad you brought that up. Did you guys get bag milk? Because no. I did. No. You did? Yeah. At school or at supermarket? School. School? Yeah, we didn't have bag milk at schools, but I heard... I did hear that bag milk at school was more is more common in the States. It's... Yeah, I had... But it's definitely a thing in, in Canada at, at, in stores. In Ridiculous. stores? Yeah, you buy a gallon... You, well, you buy it in liters, but uh, yeah, you buy it in bags. Oh, that's weird. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Just get a sack of milk. Yeah, just well, have get a satchel you, of milk, please. Do you, well, well, okay, let's let's take this back real quick. Have you guys ever got milk at a restaurant? No. That Really? I oh, they put the soda. bags in the machine? Yes, those machines. Oh. It's the exact same principle. Yeah. Weird. That's, that seems real easy to carry around. Don't Thing puncture my bag of milk, please. Yeah, for the th- for convenience, like the jug has a handle. <laughs> Let me carry this jellyfish full of milk. <laughs> a water balloon. <laughs> I think you guys might be overstating the difficulty of pouring milk from a bag. <laughs> for a gallon? Yeah. Again, I mean, it's not sold in gallons. It's probably like two liter why bags. Not, why stop that milk? Which than a gallon. Go to a bar and they just throw a bag of beer at me. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you ever got cereal in a bag? What? Yeah. What do you mean? Walmart, but, right? Like you go, to, you go to the cheapy cereal. Yeah, but it's not it filled with milk. It's not liquid. How do you seal it back up? I guess because the thing is, is it might. It's a, it's a, it's got a cap. It just screws on. What? It, that is bizarre. How do you stack it at the store? Yeah, how do you? I I, I actually don't know the answer <laughs> to that. Just in heaps. I think they're in crates. They're in plastic crates. Why waste the crate? Because they're reusable. So you don't have to keep making all these plastic bottles. Uh, yeah, jugs. Oh, that's yeah, but you're bizarre. making plastic bags. Yeah. It's still plastic. I guess. I think it takes less materials because it's soft plastic, not hard plastic. I gotta say, I th- I don't know what the history is. <laughs> all I know is I fucking love poutine. I think this is one category where America's got Canada beat. Now, you kids probably didn't grow up in the neck of woods I did where cheese curds was a I love common poutine. occurrence. I would every time I go to Montreal, I have to get it. Well, I didn't even have to go to Montreal to get my poutine because I lived in cheese curd country. Oh, that's... So we got re- we get real poutine right where yeah, I'm from. Yeah, because if you try to order poutine in the states, right, they give you it's... crap cheese, and it's like you gotta throw right. it back at them. And it's got to be cheese curd, and the thing about cheese curd is cheese curd does not keep; it has to be eaten fresh, and so it's very limited area you can get cheese curds in. They okay. actually did open a poutine store in Philly recently, and I have not been yet weird but it, it i have to imagine it's got to be real poutine because if you have a whole store a whole restaurant yeah. dedicated a to whole poutine, gimmick it better be right yeah and i mean if you've got a supplier and you can fly it in every day or ship it in at a reasonable pace you know the thing the thing about cheese curd is it's only good for like a day what fresh. really it, it's Cheese curd's got to squeak when you when you when you bite into it. If it doesn't squeak, it's not fresh. Yeah, squeak. It's why they call it squeaky cheese. I never. You got to understand. For me, I was far enough south that this was not a thing. Sure. So I don't. I mean, I like I said, thanks to the internet, I've got Canadian friends that talk about it all the time. You never had it. I've, cheese I've curds is never it, had it. cheese curds is waste cheese. Well, it's 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 waste from cheese manufacturing. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's mostly congealed congealed fat. It's not really a cheese at all. It's strange. Even the McDonald's up there sells poutine. Squeaky cheese. It's like, ugh, I've never heard of it. 
It does no. squeak when you chew it. It's like, local, oh, you weird. must, you, Pittsburgh must have some local delicacy that no one ever eats anywhere else. I'm surprised else. Pittsburgh doesn't have, like, a poutine outlet. Their thing are pierogies and, uh... Oh, fucking pierogies. Oh, I hate pierogies. Jeez. They're not great. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not in love with them. Um, there's pierogies is their main thing. And then they like gravy and french fries. And they like sandwiches food. with a bunch of garbage all over it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that sandwich either. Permanti <laughs> Brothers. Yeah, oh, it's garbage. Oh, we're just going to shit on your sandwich. It's trash it. food. It's not good. It's like a trap. Like, you go in there and the menu says, our famous sandwich. So, of course, are you? what are you going to eat the first time you go to a restaurant? It's just and a sandwich and you just lob fries on it. Yeah, and it doesn't, and they're not even good. They're not like seasoned fries. Oh, anything. so it's one of those things where they just dump tons of fries between the buns. Yeah, dude, it's like it's a, a fucking shitty Reuben sandwich. We just lost okay. all of our Pittsburgh listeners. Fuck them. Fuck. There em. aren't any. <laughs> Who are we kidding? No, I'm kidding? You're the you're our Pittsburgh listener. <laughs> yeah, just me. No, I'm sorry. They really do love that sandwich, and I just I've tried like Permanti lovers. I tried to eat that damn thing like three times. Any sandwich that falls apart when I try to bite into it is not a sandwich. Um, no, I've had potato. I've had French fries and gravy. Yeah, but not the I've same. never had cheese curds with it. Strictly speaking, not poutine. Nope, I've never. Although had it. is good and a decent alternative. I didn't expect you two to have eaten it. Really? Well, I live 20 minutes away from the Canadian border, and I'm from cheese country, so... Okay. To, I mean, it's, it's associated with Canada, uh-huh. but it's... it's it Poutine's... And it's, and it's associated with Quebec, because poutine's a French word. Okay. Um, but well, any anywhere in the northeast, I mean, the, the near border, poutine is... I won't say common, but it's known. Yeah. Well, when we were 18, we used to drive up to Montreal all the time to drink and go to the nudie bars. I bet there's plenty of poutine in Wisconsin. Plenty of poontang. There's plenty of poontang in Montreal. <laughs> I could never say poutine. I always said poontang. And they're like, that's not what it's called. And I was like, I know, dude. I just can't get it right. Can I get some poontang with gravy on it? <laughs> just get slapped. That's pretty It's got a squeak. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I, like what, I like what Jim gets uncomfortably quiet when we get real... No, I'm, reading, I'm reading the comic. <laughs> he's just ignoring us. What's Malcolm drinking, anyway, that he's like, oh, this is gross? Probably some uh, <laughs> Well, there's a big Coors Light can on the building. Yeah, but so... it's not Canadian, right? Is it? it Coors, oh, Coors is, right? Canadian Coors Rockies, is American, no? right? Coors. The Rockies, Coors, right? Guys, Coors and, I think Coors and Molson merge at some point. But yeah, Coors, I think, is from Colorado originally, yeah. which is why it's from the Rockies. The silver Bullet. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know what that it, means. Coors is really more of a southern Yeah, I was going to say beverage. Coors uh they garbage had beer. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. I like Well, they they should what they should be drinking is some good old Genesee. <laughs> which is my my local beverage of choice, horse piss in a can. <laughs> oh, I I have no I'm not a drinker, I don't know. Yeah, it's all. I remember, you're me. not a drinker. It's all pissed to me. I hate beer. <laughs> so what do you what do you guys think of that scene with the uh, the women trapped in uh, Dimension X? I'm glad that we got back to them. Yeah, I like Alex's hair. I don't quite understand why she's such a bitch. Oh, she's just because yeah. she's walking she's around throwing, Dimension throw, throw, X. She hasn't had a hot meal and. 
<laughs> yeah, and so this is a good time to throw millennials under the bus? Maybe <laughs> it's so weird. Just I never in a million years thought Eric would like take her in that direction where she's really condescending to quote unquote youth of today. <laughs> I think uh, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, given the age difference, and she is kind of just trying to like, you see here she's bringing, like imagine Jennifer missed everything. Right. So Jennifer doesn't know shit about like you know, culture, millennials, or like you know, chat rooms or porn or any of the stuff she's mentioning. Yeah, think how jarring like a reality TV show's host. Like that's fucking insanity. I just wouldn't have expected Alex to be out of touch like that. You know, it's funny. It's like Alex almost like she's like she's like the mom. She says no. It's like Earth was no prize. Like she's almost just content staying in Dimension X and. As well as if you remember the backup story with Jennifer when she was like surviving in Dimension X, it was almost like yep. she was kind of thriving in Dimension X as kind of like a warrior. So it's almost like they kind of prefer being there. Maybe it's kind of funny just to think like they're doing so good, like they're 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 okay. I mean, it's been like they kind of indicate it's been what a while now. So oh, it's probably been a month. Yeah, so we've been abandoned here. Well, Alex has got her power glove, so she can just punch through anything, and the other two are pretty damn strong. <laughs> like, bit of a jarring thing. They just come across, like, a her dead. corpse. Yeah, it's you, and you're dead. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a good, it's like sort of a good transition. I'm really curious. I, I, to see. It's actually kind of cool that they, you know, are dealing with the glum situation. Or at least referencing it. It isn't like he's... His presence hasn't been completely eliminated yet. Right. I say, I think it's interesting that, like, really, when you look at it, like, Malcolm and Maxine, like, they're the main arc, but, like, the way more action-y arc is definitely, like, these guys. Yeah. Gotta wonder how if, how intentional that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, you know, day in the life, slice of life. And hasn't he been, like, with this whole Dimension X, like, scenes, hasn't he been doing these, like, long... Is it me, or hasn't he been doing these long, narrow panels every time he shows them? It has been a pattern, yes. Pretty consistently, yeah. Such a crazy panel pattern to, like, try to work in. It's so... Na- each panel is so narrow. A lot of room for dialogue, though. Yeah. And yet, you know, it works. It's a good page. Anyone notice the... Uh, that patch that Maxine's wearing. What is that? Yep. I'm sure it's something. I looked it up. And I have an answer oh, for you en- guys. Enlighten us. Apparently there's a podcast. Mm. And it's called the Hello Internet Podcast. And they have a flag. So if you look up Nail, N-A-I-L, and Gear, G-E-A-R, Flag... Mm-hmm. It's like their official flag of their podcast or something. So huh. I'm wondering if Eric's like a fan. I'm uh, more interested in what's going on with their boots. Yeah, there's some good looking boots. Oh, there's some boots. There's a lot of boots there. A lot of straps. Yeah. It's good. It's a nice departure from the Sailor Moon look. The From the Image 90s collection. That's another thing, guys. I, I think it's time to drop the Sailor Moon outfit. I disagree. I think it's timeless. I think I, it's kind one of thing, a thing. One thing, though, that is kind of... I think it's kind of a good point where some of these like people that have been whining about all the sex, I've noticed the comments that like people that might not know the book or are just casual readers 
think that Maxine's like a young schoolgirl. Oh, and it's well. To be fair, I don't think she actually has worn it very much lately. I, I'd have to go back and check She's every got panel. The socks on in the beginning of this issue, doesn't she? No, like when they're going to the hockey fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got the blue skirt on, but she's wearing like a sweatshirt. Oh yeah, she's got yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. And the jacket. She's I mean, got maybe like she's the, wearing it underneath. She's got like the loose socks and stuff. I mean, it's still kind of like what a high school kind of girl or would wear. In well, she's Japan. obsessed with getting old. That comes up. Yeah, I'm just saying. With all the sex and everything, it's almost like I'm not saying Eric needs to like. It's fetishizing her. I don't know. I, I think it it might give some fuel to people that want to make the argument that you know they're offended or something like that because mm-hmm. she's dressing in like a schoolgirl. I don't type. see it as much different as like Shaggy from Scooby Doo wearing the same thing every episode. Yeah, I hate to say it, but at this point, that's kind of her, you know, default outfit. Like that's actually like how I think of her when I think it's of her, her super suit. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's just you can see how people from the outside would be like, "Wow, like what, <clears throat> Savage Dragon's boning some little Asian schoolgirl is a little weird." But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's just she is a young person, isn't she? Only like twenty one or something. How many twenty-one-year-olds are wearing like a schoolgirl outfit? That are I mean, important? probably some. That's not too far removed from like nineteen. Yeah. It's easy to forget, Craig. It's easy to. Forget. It's also just a style. It's not like it was her actual uniform from school. Yeah, she. I mean, she went to school just what she drew, just what she wore to school because she liked it. Yeah, she went to school in Chicago, so I mean, it wasn't like there really was a reason for her to be dressed like that. I'm not saying in terms of the book. I'm just saying the image. Like, if if there's one thing that people would get offended, I could understand why people would jump to conclusions if they saw that. But anyway. I see what you're saying. I suppose. I don't think you should change it, but I do think it's a little... It's getting to be a little weird as she gets older. Are you telling her to dress her age? Yes. She should wear a <laughs> muumuu. <laughs> Just like a, a cardigan. Just, they got married. She just gains like 200 pounds. Just quit trying. Just have curlers in her hair all the time. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Crow's feet. Time to start drawing those crow's feet in there. And so finally, we get to the man of the hour. Cover boy. The, the seeker. <laughs> the anticipation builds. Frozen in ice. For a hundred years, it feels. You know how did how did he get frozen in ice? Why is he here? What is he doing? Let's find out. It, it, it's it's cruel because it is that nice little build up. You think something's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. <laughs> I feel bad for these kids. Yeah, you I, gotta gotta assume they got killed too. I love how in comics, whenever someone's frozen in ice, they're in like suspended animation. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't yeah. it? Or that this guy's blowtorching him out. This doesn't seem safe. They even have a conversation about being careful. And I'm just thinking that when I was reading it. I was like, how careful How careful really can you be? Blowtorching a dude out of ice. Pa, snap. <laughs> He's fucked. Pa's fucked. 
Dude, when you guys like saw this other, this opened up this like two page spread, and you saw two page. Well, it's not two page, but I mean, you opened up these two pages. Obviously, you saw the Maxine Malcolm scene. (laughs) What was your reaction? Were you just like, what the fuck? I just laughed. Uh, I did too. I mean, to be honest, I was expecting it to start things start going this way. I was. I was surprised to see how much time was spent on it. I was. I was thoroughly shocked by that last panel. Of the first page. Of the last panel. <laughs> of the first page, yeah. The first page of the scene. Hmm. Where it's, she's just basically snowing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The snowball. I guess. It's well, not it's quite not a, a snowball. snowball. It's a snowball on the next page. It's like the cream pie. Cream pie is what it's called, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's a cream that pie. That is the technical term. The cream pie, that's right. To herself, though. The self-cream pie. I mean, yeah. Also a classic maneuver. I mean, I was, you know, the the first panel, okay. (laughs) That last panel, though, I was like, holy shit, we're going there. That is hilarious. I'm sorry, my reaction was just amusement. Because it's ridiculous. Blap-a-lorch. I mean, clearly. So, every time they have sex, it's like... Like this? It's like gallons all over the place. (laughs) Holy shit. That's hilarious. Like, that's just funny as shit. It's disgusting. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's the way... The human if, body is gross. If that's what happens every time, I'm, like, disgusted with myself. Not I mean, when, when I... When, you know, after the deed, but if I was <laughs> savage... If I was Malcolm, I'd have to clean that up, I'd rather just not have sex. If I had to Get clean the wet back. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is they foreshadowed with the, uh, you know, we'll cover, and it seemed like exaggeration until you got to the scene. And then you're like, okay, this is the fucking real Man, deal. That's stuck between the floorboards, dude. <laughs> yeah. We we actually forgot, we actually forgot to mention something that, that why this is happening. It's a celebration of the vasectomy. Right. Yeah. The vasectomy. We never really talked about that, but Malcolm's gotten himself snipped. Which, or uh, maybe just st- I don't know. I mean, doesn't that heal? Well, that's the thing. Um, we know it's possible. Can he just to be, get it tied get, or something? Can, yeah, I yeah, think he gets tubes tied is all. Can, Eric explained that you, you you knot it off and you and you clip it off and it doesn't heal because it's not actually damaged. It's the same thing that happened with Kerr. Right. Well, didn't happen with Kerr like dragon like his whole junk got like cut off, right? Right, and, and then, then it grew all back. And so what? And and it was he could have got he, healed, right? And he could have got another vasectomy at any time. He just never did, uh, right? Well, or at least we weren't told he. Did. Well, he thought. Remember with Dragon, he thought he was shooting blanks. Right, he thought he was sterile. Yeah, he thought he that was, was like, sterile. That was one of the things is that he, he had gotten tested, I guess, and he, he was coming up sterile. So he thought he couldn't. But then when Rapture had Malcolm, remember there was that whole thing where he's like, "Well, it's not mine. I'm sterile." It can't be mine. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, you're a fucker. You know, I know when I'm pregnant," and so. Yeah, yeah, he just got his bottom half blown off, so when it grew back, it grew back right. Correct. So, that's what's happening here with Malcolm, is he can get a vasectomy, because, you know, his dad got a vasectomy. So, yeah, they're just celebrating the vasectomy by boning. <laughs> Man, I, this is three pages of craziness, though. The snowball, like, oh, jeez. This shit is hilarious. I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's just kind of like, for me... Just funny. Just the way... And here's the funny thing. 
I just think it's funny that, again, Malcolm's the superhero and Maxine's the normal person. Right. And clearly she's dominating the shit out of this whole sequence. Yeah. I sometimes feel that Malcolm's uncomfortable with this. That's what's <laughs> funny. He doesn't seem comfortable with it. Like, he kind of seems like, ugh, like, like the kiss. Like, look at the face, dude. He's sicked out. Come on, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What What I find interesting <laughs> yes. is this, this, in a lot of ways, this sequence is is drawn like an action sequence. <laughs> hilarious is that that's what's hilarious is that like it totally is like with the like the blap of lorch it might as well be someone getting punched through a wall sure <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah the action sequence is like it is action action packed it's hilarious dude froze in the last panel that second to last panel of the scene yeah i've yeah, seen he... i've seen dragon do that pose before it throws oh yeah when he's like investigating a, a, a hole in the floor <laughs> where someone's been thrown or our trail of blood. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. This like Maxine climbing all over him like a little like monkey. It's just hilarious, dude. I don't know. I, I think it was played for laughs. That's the way it hit me. Sure. Hands off to the colorist because it's hilarious because even like on the little scene where he's throwing her, just look at the detail. There's like little flicks going in the Dude, air. I gotta give props to people like, Eric Larson, R. Crumb, like a Ralph Bakshi, a Raven Perez that could draw these scenes like this. All like, those I Japanese dojin so, artists. I would be so like uh, worried about what my like family would say. Well, like, yeah. I would be worried. That, I don't want my kids to catch me drawing this. Like, how do you? How do you guys like? Is it just, I just don't give a fuck. Like, well, here's what it is. Uh, I know you're gonna laugh, but like. If you're going to do that, you have to just not give a fuck. You have to not... One of the first things, like, I think successful artists learn is that, for real, you can't create art with your family in mind. Because your family... (laughs) I'll give you the perfect scenario. Like, my sister loves raunchy shit. She loves raunchy comedies, raunchy comedians, raunchy movies. Loves it. She fucking hates my comic. Okay. <laughs> she, my sister hates my comic. She, like, told me in person that it was, like, an embarrassment. And she was ashamed of it and, like, couldn't tell people about it and stuff. <laughs> and I told her, I said, well, that's fine. And I was like, well, it's... I'm your friend and I can't tell people about it sometimes, right? Dude, I, uh... my, my readers, when I was fulfilling the Kickstarter, I drew on the outside of people's envelopes because I was, like, super appreciative and I wanted to, like, cover, like, as much, like, little unique, like, like I want to give people as much. I really want to, like, make this special because these people helped me make a $14,000 project a reality. Yeah. And more than one guy told me, thanks for the drawing on the envelope, but now I have to tell my wife what your comic is. Uh. And so... I mean, that's the thing. Uh, so that promo image you did for Home, I think, appeared somehow appeared on my timeline. I think my dad saw it. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> he knows. So I was so mortified. He knows. He knows. He's seen worse. He's seen worse. It's just fine. Like I imagine, like I picture like Eric Larson at like Thanksgiving, and like people just know him as like the superhero comic guy, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh. You know, drawing Batman's belt yeah, buckle. They're like, yeah. oh, let me see what the new issue looks like, Eric. Uh, you got a new issue um, I can flip through, and it's like, yeah, 
<laughs> you know, the trick is, is that honestly... Like, do you ever have, like, Uncle Joe be like, let me take a look at that. Let me see what you're... Tell me the website so I can look at it. And you're like, Ugh. I don't have, like, Uncle Joe, but uh, all the time, like, when I meet new people, they're like... Let me let me see your comic, and I'm always like, okay, it's cool, but you just gotta understand, it's not safe for work. And we're very lucky we live in the internet time, but, right? Because like pre-internet, it was really hard to explain, because like you know there wasn't like just a go-to phrase that you could just say, and people sort of understood, right? But like like seriously, you can say not safe for work, and There's a lot tons of, people, of boners in it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna see some big boobs, some cartoon boobs, and like people are like okay, and it's funny because like I just want to say like you just have to as an artist, it's more it becomes more important. He actually said that it is just important to him just to be able to do this if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He said he, he said like uh, what was it? It's even in the it's in the letters column. I think I'm referring to it, aren't I? He says, uh, yeah, he goes, don't get your knickers in a twist. It's not a bold new direction or anything. It's just a place the book can go if I feel like it. And really, here's the thing, like, even with my own comic, like, uh, I've held back for years for different reasons. Like, uh, a lot of it was, like, ad revenue. Like, I didn't want, like, you know, to lose my ad revenue because I was getting paid, like, you know, 300 or 250 bucks a month. And, like, ad revenue is, like, super, like, people get scared if they see sex and stuff. But, like, I never personally had a problem with that at all. And so, like, as the ad revenue started to die, the comics started to get, like, more raunchy. And people were like, whoa, you know, this is getting really raunchy these days. And I'm like, I never had a problem with it. Like, it was just for money. Like, <laughs> like reverse prostitution. Yeah, like, the, the, the less the money is there, the more I can just be myself, so... I don't know, like, it's, you don't worry about family, you really don't worry about, like, Uncle Joe, and really you don't worry too much about judgy-wudgy types. I mean, the thing is, most people have sex and actually do, like, look at dirty stuff on their own. Here, I'll tell you, this is what's interesting. You want to talk about being an R. Crumb or a Raven Perez? Once people get past the fact that you do it, People get uh, too comfortable and they overshare. Oh, yeah. And I've had people tell me, <laughs> I'm not even joking, I've had people tell me crazy shit about their own actual sex life. Um, and it fucking hmm. blows my mind because I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I'm like, I can't believe you feel comfortable just telling me that. But I don't know, like, it's kind of, I don't know. The truth is, is that a lot of people are buttoned down. But in reality, like, if you get them talking, most people are actually pretty chill with most things. And so, yeah, that's it. And so I get cool. that. I, I think the, the biggest, if I was to do something like that, like the biggest hurdle would be like, you know, like either your wife or your parents or your sister, like close, like friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's easier to deal with or people that you know, might be acquaintances with. Mm-hmm. But it, it would be real awkward to be at, like like I said, like a Thanksgiving dinner and Uncle Joe would be like, oh, let me see the new issue. It's like, <laughs> oh. So, like I said, I just I give props to you guys. It's something you have to deal with, you know? Family, you family just has a weird relationship with people anyway. So you really, that's why you just got to, 
I even had a professor in school, like, I was doing my senior show, and he's like, why are you holding back? <laughs> he, was, he was like, I know your work has all this stuff in it usually. He's like, why are you holding back for the senior show? <clears throat> they literally wanted me to cover an entire wall in hundreds of drawings. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I did it. For exposure. I did it. It was insane. And I, I think I did, like, 230 or 250 drawings in, like, two months. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, dude, they were not good, but it was it, it was insane. It was fast. It was all about speed. And, like, th- when I showed them some of the early, like, I did, like, 60, and they were like, hey, uh, these are good and everything, but, like, they're like, this is not very you. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, everybody's families are going to be. <laughs> I was like, everybody's families are going to be at this show. And I was like, I don't want, like, you know, to just whip out the dongs and boobs on them. And they were like, they were like, you're an artist? They were like, you have to be comfortable doing this because most people aren't. They were like, ah, so yeah. They were like, hmm. so like they were like, if if you can't even be comfortable with it, they were like, you know, they they're like most people expect it. Like you have to be comfortable because I don't know. I don't feel like it's like, oh, I have to be provocative. You have to be comfortable. So right. if you got it in you to do it, and so like when I read this, I'm like, you know, what's cool. Is that as much stuff was ever in Savage Dragon? Like clearly, he had it in him to do a little bit more. Right. Sure. I mean, he's done. He's teased stuff like this in the past. That's crazy, dude. Dragon doing Alex Doggy style. Right. Sure. It's damn near this. The only thing. The shower scene. The only thing that's different is come. Well, that, well, the main difference is he would do like single panel like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like establishing, not establishing shot. What am I thinking of? Um, money shot, I suppose, in this context. Right. And, but he wouldn't elaborate. He would just show the moment and then move on. Funny, it just cracks me up because too. I think a lot of this talking about like you know reservation. It's it's real quick. It's like the difference between punctuation and the action scene in this book. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. If you get yeah. what I get, what I'm saying. Well, I, I I brought this up in the comments on the Savage Dragon Facebook forum, and I wanted to bring it up here on the FinCast in case anybody missed it. But I'm reading Doom Patrol from DC. Okay, and, the the young the young animal, the current run. right with Nick Darrington on the art, and then the other dude Gerard Way, the musician guy on the writing. Mm-hmm. At any rate, in the issue that I read most recently, I'm not even kidding. The girl, she had a house cat, a normal house oh, cat. Oh, yeah. I heard about this. The house cat ran away. When the house cat comes back, it's mutated. It's a cat man now that talks and everything. Sure. <laughs> Her and the cat man, they're sitting on the couch watching TV, and like you can tell that they're like feeling each other. And then there's just a panel of them kissing. And then the next scene is them, and they're in bed, and he's mostly naked. He's just got a cover over his butt, and she's like... Is he furry or is he not? He's furry. He's a furry, okay. He's furry. This is a furry... Imagine a cat head on a man's body, but the okay. but the body's covered in fur, and that's, okay. that's, that's this... Right, right? So it's, incredib- it's incredibly weird. And what's funny is, that to me... Because, again, this is her... She, she calls the cat... The cat's name is Lotion. Okay. She never stops. She doesn't give him. She's, he's not like he doesn't say my new name is you know John Smith. She's like she's like hey lotion welcome back and lotion's like hey you have pretty eyes and I'm like oh my god what I'm sure all the bestiality people were out in force. So it's funny because I'm saying even though there was like 
just a panel of kissing and then a panel of them laying in bed, that was more shocking to me than three pages of Maxine and Malcolm. Fucking. Why? Because he's a he's a cat. Just because he's a fucking he was her house cat, dude. A ma- uh, okay, okay. Are you saying that having sex with a ninja turtle isn't completely normal? That's Wait, fucking, there's been that. That's fucking well, bizarre. Hortus did. <laughs> Hortus did. Well, she was an alien, though. Did she I'm, really? How, how I don't does remember that? that. Yeah. She gave Michelangelo a blowjob. No. No, wait. She gave Dragon a blowjob. Yeah. I could have swore they dated, though. See, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. They, this, they, like, dated, but it was real innocent dating. This would be like if you had a pet and the pet became a person and you boned the pet. Like, that's weird. Er, than Maxine and Malcolm. That's all I'm saying. So, like... I would be concerned about that I'm taking advantage of a new life form that's innocent. <laughs> well... As explicit as this is, and it also most animals don't live to be past sixteen, so age of consent issues. Yeah, oh, it's it's weird. It's there's all kinds of weird shit, but like it's funny because it's weird. As like people are like, oh my gosh, this is just crazy. This Malcolm and Maxine shit's blowing my mind. It, as crazy as it is, I think it's uh nowhere near as crazy. As anything, as humanoid cat fucking. Yeah, there's just a but. It could be a lot crazier. That's all I'm saying. Is like, it, I thought you were going to complain that DC didn't go far enough. Oh, uh, I mean, it is a Vertigo book, right? I mean, they should. Well, Young Animals kind of in a kind of nebulous zone there, but yeah, it's a mature reader book. I, I tell you what, I'm going to say. The clock's ticking down. We're waiting for that heroic donk. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> There, there's no heroic dongs. <laughs> it's, it's the only. It's the last frontier. It is. We've seen monster dong a plenty. Well, unless he puts it on the cover, then that's the last last frontier. Heroic dong on the cover. On cover. I would. I tell you. Do, do, do you ever read that uh, Butcher Baker, the Righteous Maker book? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that first cover where it, like really accentuates the groin. Yeah. Only do that with no pants. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I just want to say this. I feel like a lot of people are surprised because only because it's a superhero comic. Like Savage yeah. Dragon, I mean. If you read, like, any other comics, you know they fuck. And you know that they have, like, semen and, like, they show stuff like this. I'm just saying, like, it's weird to have this standard for, like, oh, this is so crazy. <laughs> when it's like this. I agree. It's in other stuff. That's all. You watch TV like Game of Thrones. You've got siblings boning each other and crazy shit. I, I, I showed you this on uh, Twitter the other day. Um, Sean Murphy is drawing a book, a Batman book. With that, It's an alternate universe where the Joker is the good guy and Batman's the bad guy. But there is a sex scene with Harley Quinn in it. And he showed the page he drew, mm-hmm. which isn't super explicit, but it is does show Harley topless. Yeah, that's all, that's uh, all you see. With exposed nipples. And he basically was posting this saying, yeah, this is the original page I drew. I'm going to have to edit it for publication. I assume with uh, with um, strategic shadows and whatnot. And see, DC, even DC, well, even DC, but that's exactly what, you know, corporate comics do, is yeah. that they won't cross that line. They won't even show nipple or areola yeah. in their comics. Which is weird. Which is weird when it, when we're getting to a point in our culture that it's almost completely innocent and normal. 
and beautiful and wonderful. Well, plus two, I mean, there's the age-old, like, you can murder someone and nobody has a problem, but sure. you just show two people having normal, well, not normal, but you just show two people having sex and it's like, oh, this is fucking... Yeah, I'm not this. sure what Maxine and, Dre- and Malcolm, uh, I'm not sure what Maxine and Malcolm do is normal. <laughs> Uh, I just think that it's funny because clearly they've just flirted and, you know, like, they, they, we've played just the tip with all this talk long enough. Yeah. This, this seeing it shouldn't really surprise anyone. Sure. I don't know. And I think it's played for laughs. I think it really fits the characters and it fits the... It'd be different. I'll tell you what, here's where it wouldn't work for me. If all of a sudden these, like, three pages were, like, meant to really, like sell it like make it a sexy thing right it's not it wouldn't work <laughs> it's kind of gross actually yeah it's it, that's a funny thing is their sex is gross and hilarious like i wouldn't say that i doubt anybody's getting a boner from this probably <laughs> got real quiet <laughs> no it I, I it's fine i mean i've of course i think that like i feel like i've talked too much how do you dudes feel Craig. What in the pants? About what in particular? I'm just saying. Do you feel like it was? I, I saw some of the criticisms. Um, do you feel like three pages was too much? Like, uh, it's. I'll, I'll say this with Savage. It's not my favorite aspect of the comic. It's. Mm-hmm. I like that Eric's not afraid to do this, but I feel like, you know. If, he had to? No, I mean, alright, so it's done. Like, if if this continues to keep going, I might start to lose interest with it. It's, mm. I don't know. I, it doesn't bother me, but it, I, I could do without it. I don't really need it. Um, I don't um, know. I wanna, I, I'll say, I think three pages is too much for a 20-page comic book. It's not, to me, to me, it's not the best page economy. I see. To me, uh, it's funny to do it. This you know, have three pages right. showing like how Savage Dragon and Maxine have sex. You get an idea of what it's like. I don't sure. need to continuously see it. I feel like more and more with these issues, Eric is kind of doing a lot with the sex stuff, and it's it's not my favorite aspect of the book. It's I liked Savage Dragon for other reasons. I like the fact that he's experimenting and trying it, but I hope he kind of backs down a little bit. It it it's becoming like distracting. It's like the raunch is like a big part of it. Like I mean, we see. Right. And I'm gonna skip ahead, but we see it at the end of the book too with Maxine's mom, and it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like almost like sex crazed, and it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I know Ray, you love this stuff too, and yeah, and I'm not, I've I've said too much. I'm not gonna say. I'm just letting you say your piece. It's good for an issue or two, but <clears> if it gets to the point where every single issue is just kind of focused on the sex part of it, I don't know. It, it loses a little bit for me because while I think it's funny and cool, it's that's not my favorite aspect of Dragon, and I feel like this period is really like seems like it's all you know since the the sex cover or even maybe going back to the threesome it seems like a mm-hmm. big part of this book is about like Maxine and and Malcolm having sex and it's like yeah it also seems to be mostly centered around Maxine yeah and I don't think that's I mean it's clear that sex is a big part of her character 
but I don't want him to be the only part of her character. Right, right. Yeah. And I just feel like it, a lot of these issues lately are centered around sex and stuff. And I don't know. It's 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 cool for a part of it. Like So, like, you watch a typical R-rated movie and there's a sex scene here and there, but you know 22 pages of comics and a third of it is about sex it's it's a little much i i can deal with it every four or five issues of scene here and there or something like that um and i think it will get back to that at some point i think eric i i feel personally eric's just kind of getting this out of his system he's gone 200 and something issues without really showing any graphic sex and dragon and he's it's kind of a new territory for him to to jump into yeah, um, and he's having fun with it, but uh, I don't see it kind of being the status quo. I hope not, at least. Hmm. It's funny well, uh, we'll, that you should hmm. put it that way because what I was th- actually going to say is um, <clears throat> it, it's a bummer, kind of for me because I do like it. I think yeah. it's awesome, and I know still yet though that like he gets bored and moves on so quick, right? Like he changes like what he's doing pretty fast and. What's funny is he'll get tired of this too. And when he gets tired of this, it's going to go away. And so all the people who are like super upset, it's like, I mean, you know, Savage Dragon's just constantly in flux. And I'm not, I'm not upset about the sex at all. And I think it's a great part of the whole dragon experience that Eric, you know, he wants it to be an all ages book for three years and then he wants it to be a raunchy sex romp book for three years and then he wants it to be a commandy type book or a sci-fi or a cop book you know and i think that's what makes savage dragon great and i think that's what this is is kind of like the kind of the sex romp phase that eric's decided that he can make savage dragon a kind of a x-rated comic and he's got the power to do that and why not you know, and I envy, I, not envy him, but I, uh, I commend him for that because it's a pretty awesome thing to be able to take your creation and do whatever you want with it. I'll definitely add, uh, again, I'm trying not to, I feel like I've over talked, but like, I feel like, uh, if I don't there think was... so. I enjoy hearing what you have to say about it. Cause you have that take where you really enjoy <laughs> this. Well, I, th- I think it's kind of like if. If there's going to be where the book moves in real time, like specifically tying this to Savage Dragon, where the book moves in real time, like there's going to be a time where they're not young and they're not into this hot and heavy stuff. And like, you know, like, you know, Maxine is a normal person. I hate to say it, but odds are she's going to die. And like so, and odds are fucking bummer, dude. I know, bummer, well, dude, dude. I'm sorry. Everyone in this book is gonna die. I know, dude. I'm sorry, but like the thing is, is like I, I think of these things when I'm reading this book, and so it's like, and it's funny because it's only Savage Dragon that puts hey, you in that mindset. Why don't you think of it this way? Since it's in real time, and Maxine is younger than you, you're probably gonna die, or Eric's probably gonna die before. <laughs> well, she is possibly but, <laughs> but I, I hope not but i'm just saying that like uh the reality of it is is that like if malcolm hooks up with a different person i'm just saying he'll be an older more mature person well, like it, it won't be like this is well what and saying. that's a good point too even the fact that they're young this is kind of like their honeymoon period you know yeah. like they you know people act different three years or four years into a relationship than the first few 
and they even kind of somewhat talked about it. They were like, oh, you know, oh, the craziness hasn't gone away. I'm sure it will. Although they have probably been together for a while now. Um, time is going by fast. Who? Maxine and Malcolm. How long have they been oh, together? Yeah. For a long time, actually. Yeah, they have. I don't know. It's probably been three years real time. Yeah. I'm just saying, you never know where the future of this book will go. Like, you just don't know. So, I don't know. Uh, with Savage Dragon, like, I almost always, like, have a... Uh, you better enjoy it while it lasts, because it's not going to last. Kind of like, you know, if something's happening, it's like, uh, you know... Oh, there's going to be a Trump issue. There won't be another one of those presidential issues for four or eight years. Like, you know. Yeah. So no, that's all what makes this a great comic. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you, dudes. I, it's like, you know, even though I like it, I realize, you know, again, like you're talking about, like I do it in mine. I, I know it's not for everybody. Like it's super. There's a lot of people that they see it. And they're like done. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to look at it or focus. Well, so. but but I think yours is different in a way too, is because that's how it's kind of always been. That's the tone of the book. Whereas mm-hmm. Dragon, it'd be like you, it'd be like if you removed it at this point. Yeah. So Dragon, you've had you know two hundred issues, and then all of a sudden it becomes like an X-rated book. You know. So it is a bit jarring for Dragon, but it's a great experiment, and it, I think it. You know, people look back at that at this era as kind of like the X-rated era. Or maybe I'm completely wrong, and maybe this is how it's going to be from now on. Who knows? It's cool just that you have a comic. I know I say this with Savage Dragon all the time, but it's cool that you have a comic that can do this. Right. Like, you're never going to read Superman where they're just, like, fucking the shit out of each other. It's never going to happen. This is as close as you're going to get to, like, a mainstream superhero comic that is basically anything goes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And again, it's cool because, I mean, I don't know, like I said, if you read a bunch of other comics, like, you see stuff like this. Like, Jim, is it like, uh, is this kind of stuff in, like, the British comics that you read? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, British and European comics, like, it's nothing. See a male cock about once a year. It's nothing. It's it's like you, it's yeah. nothing for them to just like. I mean, I mean, okay. To be fair, the three pages of Bukaki, not so much, <laughs> but you definitely see more. Yeah. Than you do. I mean, you see nudity like fairly often, and sometimes sex is sometimes implied, but it's more for space reasons than any kind of like, you know, clean cleanliness. Right. I feel like it's kind of a bummer. I feel like the print guys um, have this restriction over them. Whereas mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of digital comic creators, um, they don't. A lot of digital comic creators are f- like more free to just do whatever they want. Sure. And so it's totally nothing to have somebody be like, oh, you know, I'm doing a porn comic. And everybody's like, nobody's like, oh, how gross. You're weird. You've really sunk into new lows. People are just like, oh, cool. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, sure. Like, and so it's kind of a shame, really. I feel bad that, like, you know, you've got these pros, legends, that are shackled kind of by this, like, restriction that, I don't know, if they were working. You know, just thinking out loud. There is some graphic sex in, like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Big time. Stuff like that. Did you ever read Lost Girls? 
I didn't read that one. No, that I was like either. a big controversy too, right? Like yeah, people didn't more want to stock that, it in their shop. That was more about the girls being underage, yeah. I think. Plus, he did. The, it was a direct, like anti, like he directly made that to challenge the market. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Well, we should uh, probably wrap it up on that. Uh, I mean, we we've, we've said a bunch on that. Um, you get to see like past the sex scene. You get to see, uh, you know, the babysitter Kevin. Yeah, babysitter Kevin with the guy in Duder. I like how the kids like zone out so hard. I like how they wake him up. That's great. <laughs> wake him up just to watch TV. <laughs> we haven't seen Guy and Duder in a while. I feel like not not like on television. No, it's been quite a while. Also, I, I feel I feel like that is a, also a reference to, like, how we complain about killing off recurring characters. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> That's funny. That I'm sure you're right, dude. So, did they ever explain like what Malcolm's kind of deal is? Like, he gets a call. Is he like a bounty hunter? In yeah, he, he's kind of a free freelance for the government. They explain that. I, I don't Kinda. remember. I don't remember them explaining that, but that is, I think, the deal. Like, that's the, what I gathered is they're like, well, you're here. so And, like, you know, he gets greeted by cops. So I'd imagine they just cut the same deal where he's like, eh, we call you when we need you. So he meets up with uh, Mr. Earl Fripp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Earl put in the call. <laughs> How does he know the, the seeker was looking for him? What do you mean? Weird, too. He says he so was get, looking for you. Yeah. Did he draw a picture of a fin in the snow? I want this guy. Plus. Yeah, I did find it weird that uh, Earl knew that uh, Seeker was looking for Malcolm. It does seem strange. It's a badass double page spread, though. Got to say that. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, you good. mentioned Jim. It's, Seeker's design is so cool. Such a he's cool, got a lot going on. Very yeah. kind of Kirby esque, but he's. I love those little like uh, little flyers, the little sky sled things. Mm-hmm. Well, last remnant of the Savage World. Yeah. Yeah, he's just got a cool visual. Like it's all this action shit with him and Malcolm is great. He, he is a pretty badass villain too. I mean, he's done a lot of damage to Dragon in the past. Yeah, he's dangerous. He's powerful. I mean, we see him, uh, like, get, really get a piece out of Malcolm in this fight. Oh, yeah. yeah. A couple of pieces. Didn't he, like, fry off Dragon's legs at one point? His feet. Yeah. He was doing a flip, got his feet burned yeah. off. He says, shit. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Lie shows up. Nice to see her again. Yep. Comes to visit. She's going to help uh, take care of the kids. Dude, it's revealed that she's, like, 45 years old. That's pretty young. I'm 40. It's crazy. Yeah, I gotta say, my ex uh, is 40, and when they're talking about it, they're like, oh, she's so old, so older than you. I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> huh. <I'm> like, <laughs> well, oh, that, that's just Maxine. Maxine is age-obsessed. It's very strange. Well, I will tell you, it's funny, because like even my coworker is like uh, in his late 20s, like, and we're talking like yeah. 27 or 28, and he makes old man jokes, and I'm like, dude, I'm like seven years older than you. <laughs> get, yeah. the, get the fuck out of here with that. 
So, I want to say I found this. You know, I just find this amusing because I'm easily amused. In the third panel with uh, the side-on look of uh, of uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. it kind of makes him look like he's got like a a, a pupil. So he looks <laughs> like he's grinning, like real happy. <laughs> I, I like that expression overall. Like just this whole sequence is great by like how shocked she is by Kevin and stuff. Yeah. All this action stuff, uh, I gotta admit. I, I, I'm surprised, I, I, I thought it was funny that she forgot who he was. Because <laughs> he's so, he stands out so much. Right. <laughs> I, 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 wonder if she th- I, wonder, I wonder if she thought her daughter had shacked up with another giant superhuman. <laughs> and she just missed it. You gotta think, like, you know, they, they had a negative opinion of Malcolm, and then they see, like, yeah. here's Skullface. Babysitting the kids, you know the grandkids, right? <laughs> Did the, I, I gotta admit though, like Eric's action scenes are so on point with the Seeker and, sure. and Malcolm. I love that four panel page, like so good, like that that bottom Seeker panel. Fuck yeah, bro! Where he's throwing trees, they're like throwing trees at each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then just blasting them, and then Malcolm's just hand being shattered. Eric should draw things in the snow more. Yeah, yeah. That that that's the one page, the top of the the, the page where uh, Malcolm's just pushing up a whole tree like root system. It's awesome. That's neat. I love dude just like punching through like his fucking abdomen, like right through. The, just that's a, such a wicked looking. Just like <laughs> so good. Yeah. This fight was awesome. I don't think I've so, ever seen like Dragon get so much of his face destroyed. As yeah, that surprised me because of all that like, stuff with Kerr and his memory. Yeah, how does your? I get. I guess in that situation, most of his brain was destroyed. Where Malcolm here only like part of, part of it. Yeah. So he can recover. I gotta wonder what that recovery looks like. Does your like <laughs> bone grow in first, and then how That's fast insane, is that? Right. Hard to say. <laughs> no, it's it's cool. Uh, I know that we're you know super salty and sour about not getting uh, closure on the seeker, but I mean at least he did have a super kick ass fight. Sure, we got at least did some damage. Almost almost drag almost Malcolm. But that equal. makes it Malcolm's... worse for me, man, because <laughs> yeah. he did more damage to Malcolm than any other villain so far. I think right. Sure. Yeah, and then he's just done. You never know. I'll say. I mean, he could be a cyborg. I mean, it's entirely possible Eric is bait and switching us. Oh, listen, dude. We totally could be like anything. I mean, that armor could get repurposed or studied by some other guy and turned into something. Like, there's a million ways. I, I mean, we don't know, like, what Earl's. Who Earl works for. And that body's going somewhere. Right. Yeah. I do like the the way the puddle of blood and all the little blood splatters all over the snow look. The coloring on this issue was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, we're talking, like, from the snow to the blood to look at the sky at the hospital. Yeah. I mean, this was just, as far as, like, coloring that goes. Sky's a, that sky's a photo. I'm sorry to say. Don't matter, bro. I'm saying there were good choices made. It's still a choice. There's still good choices. He said, like, don't matter, bro. It don't matter, bro. 
<laughs> no, I'm just saying there's so many good choices. Like, this is just... I don't know, flip back through that fight sequence. Like, just look how things Spe- are lit. It's good. Speaking, of, uh, speaking of the hospital scene, uh, fourth panel... As you can see, you can see the photo reference car right. and the, the Eric Larson car <laughs> right next to it. <laughs> the big square headlight. That's a. Uh, those are those Canadian cars <laughs> with the square wheels. <laughs> I do. I want to say I just appreciate Maxine did surely go back to the blue skirt many a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. She's got a quite a variety of footwear in this issue. She sure does. <laughs> I'm just saying, nice attention to detail. When you flip to the last page to the, kind of knock you out of your chair. Dude, like, that shit flipped me out. Way more than three pages of... Sure. That flipped me the fuck out. In fact, I think that was why he did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To get you distracted. You know what? That's a damn good point. Those three pages could have been like, oh, that's so shocking. And then this is way more shocking. See, this is more like a, tra- a classic Savage Dragon sex moment. Yeah. Where you open the door and boom, there it is. Yeah, the page flip. It's crazy, dude. I'm just saying that, like, I didn't see that shit coming in a million years. Yeah. I love it's quite the last little bit of dialogue with Malcolm just saying, what can I say? It's Kevin. The guy's a goddamn chick magnet. <laughs> I love that kind of like little inside joke on, you know, that's been running with like just Kevin being a chick magnet. The guy's a giant horrific skull face. <laughs> yeah. All the women love him. He's a fucking awesome looking dude. He's muscly <laughs> as shit and he's got thunderbolts on his head. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, I know, I know, I said this before, but I know so many bitches it would be all over Thunderhead. Like if he was, <laughs> if he was real, I know so many bitches it would be like giving it up in a heartbeat. <laughs> what, dude? You don't? You're into bands, like because he's me? got a living skull face, man. I think in real life it would be pretty horrific. I think there might be look some cool chicks. on paper. I think there'd be some chicks that'd be all over that. I'm sure there'd be some weird chicks all over it. Honestly, his all-white eyes would probably be the most off-putting. Once you got used to it, though, I mean, it wouldn't be too bad. You never know where he was looking. <laughs> are you lo- are you paying attention to me, Kevin? Yes. All right, real quick, getting into the backup stuff, we get a pretty good G-Man. I mean, do we want to hit up some of these letters, talk about this letters page? All right. They're great. This is a good letters page. This is, I'll just say, this is a juicy letter. This is a hot letters page the two of them had people that are dropping the book right yeah they fucking quit what were their names how uh, on names <laughs> richard no i want i want to know if like i want to know if it's a particular richard name. hansard quit he was out the trump stuff broke him after 25 oh, years the trump stuff not the sex i'm stuff. a well-educated man of 47 years of age 47 said uh yeah he's a military guy uh educated you know dentist practice like very you know hung with the book from day one all the miniseries but the trump shit broke him and then jerry smith from kentucky was the other guy who quit and jerry had a much less educated approach and just went fucking ape shit (laughs) (laughs) i mean he didn't like the thing is the first guy made like he was like i'm not dumb and i'm like smart and you know blah 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 
What was their exact problem? But Eric's point was like I only showed a small group of people that actually had any dialogue and the rest didn't even say anything and he's like I didn't make Trump say anything. It was like two people that said like hillbilly shit but all the rest were like actual quotes. Quotes, yeah. And the other thing he said and this completely blew my mind um, was that he had planned to do a similar setup for Hillary. Sure. So, he said, because he hated both candidates, as I think most of us did. Like, most, nobody was, like, doing cartwheels over these choices. And, uh, so he said, he, he was like, you know, would you be mad? I think it's funny, the tone. Because he's like, really? Like, is this what it takes after all this time? And that's my whole thing. You know, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not going to mock these dudes. I'm going to say, bros, you had 25 great years with Savage Dragon please do not let one issue that honestly if you really break it down didn't even really shit on anything in any one particular strong fashion don't let it ruin your fun it's really not that important yeah although I have to say if I was someone that was a pretty conservative voter I don't think Savage Dragon would be the comic for me because Eric is pretty vocal about it all the time sure so even for that person to make it this far good on them but I mean I could understand if it was flipped the other way and somebody was you know constantly putting down you know whoever the left candidate is or whatever for the past 15 years which you know we if you're truthful that's kind of like the how the tone has been in a way for a lot of stuff yeah he's taking the piss out of the democrats like half the time he's pretty bipartisan with his uh with his critique you think so oh yeah i mean i mean uh what's a good choice what's a good point here uh super patriot snubs bill clinton uh al gore is kind of a joke was al gore um, a joke i don't know. i feel like the john john Kerry didn't get it very good. Obama's the only one who got the like the really good shine put on him because he Eric like was really knocked excited out about Obama. George Bush. Well, no, that was that was the imposter. Yeah, but you get the idea. Sure, that visual. But visual should be provocative. I get it. I'm just saying, like, I could see how people that were you know pretty conservative or you know. I can treating see politicians how... like f- treating politicians like comedy set pieces is, you know, tradition. I can see I... how that could be off-putting to somebody, but because Eric is a pretty liberal guy and he doesn't hide his feelings on things. Sure, but you know, if like I said, if, if you've stuck with the book or like Raven or someone said, you Jim, uh, if you've stuck with the book this long, it seems weird that this would be like the straw that broke the camel's back yeah it's 25 years it's like crazy to me that's like a fourth of most people's life if i mean if we're lucky a fourth you're with something for a fourth of your natural life and you're gonna let one issue for a temporary you you think it would matter more than donald trump yeah oh i guess that's all i'm saying is you would think that savage dragon would hold a little more importance than a temporary office like i just want to say like 
when you think about like I don't know like all this like all this political shit like I realize when the issues are important yes it makes people like super into it or whatever but I'm saying the way people are just like super cutting ties and stuff with things and it's like yeah but I mean jerk those knees a little more <laughs> yeah I don't know I'm way too rambling on that it was it was good to talk about those letters just because um man Eric does not care to post some shit talking letters too. Yep, <laughs> those letters are pretty pretty heated. Ah, I love it. I like how we get a full. It's good. That's the way a letter page should be. And he doesn't give the one guy a short response either. He gives the other guy like a really lengthy response. Yeah. I love letters pages. It's good. These are good. What do you think about the G Man web comics? Fucking great. Pretty good. I love it, dude. G-Man's killing it. Yeah. The G-Man ones are all pretty much hit. These graphic fantasy pages are weird that are put in there. And then the domestic tranquility. That is completely bizarre. It, I, it was very hard I'm to just, understand. It took, I had to read it three times. Well, the thing is, this isn't even the first domestic tranquility comic. It's like the third or the second. Eric just drew this one. Yeah. I think he says that here. It says... Uh, Character and concept of domestic tranquility are 1983 yeah. Peggy Neha's story and art. Eric Larson. I'm not sure where he said it. I could have swore they said that this wasn't the first appearance. Yeah. It just happened to be the one that he drew. Yeah. What's funny is he says, it wasn't even funny at the time. Yeah. <laughs> a little harsh there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad it was created by a woman. Or it'd be a little bit weird I mean it's just funny that like even the idea and the concept like Craig said I don't know what in the fuck is going on like at first I was like oh she's small yes and then she's looking at some guy that's impersonating Stan Lee and yelling at some like Hulk Hogan dude oh wait that's his wife (laughs) right yeah (laughs) she's got a broad stroll throat (laughs) (laughs) and then it's like I see the domestic tranquility lady. I guess that's what her name is. I don't know what she's like. Aha. She sees something and I didn't realize what she's seeing. And I was like, Oh, she's throwing banana peels on the ground. <laughs> right. Apparently she's got some affinity with fruit here. And then the guy falls downstairs and I guess his costume comes off. Cause it doesn't look like he has a mustache or glasses anymore. Yeah. I don't, is it some kind of commentary on the Marvel comics? Maybe. Because the guy's obviously trying to be Stan Lee. Yeah. And his wife can't take it. But what the fuck is going on? I don't get it. I still don't. No, this is the craziest shit I've ever read because (laughs) she's riding an orange. (laughs) Like, she's just flying around on an orange. Like, that's a Like, what the hell? Yeah. What (laughs) What is, what is that? I found it delightful. And when you flip back, I want you to flip back, dudes, and look. She's like Sigourney Weaver. She's still on the orange. Like, di- Well, she's got curlers in her hair. Sigourney Weaver with curlers in her hair. It's just funny to me that there, if you go back and you look at like under the graphic fantasy where they're all three trying to hog the cover, and you see yeah. the Ajax comic group logo, and there's Dragon. Oh, yeah. There's Paul. Look at Paul's elbow. There's domestic tranquility on oh, the orange. Oh, yeah, she's on the orange. 
what the hell? She this flies is, around on that orange. This is the craziest shit I've ever. I would. I would <laughs> blow, I, it blows. You know what? I'm not even joking. I keep going back to it, but this shit blew my mind harder than those three sex pages. She wears bunny <laughs> slippers. I'm noticing. Craig, I. You know when you said you didn't understand it, had to read it three times. Yeah. I had to read it three times too. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck I was reading. I, I, yeah. I, I didn't even know she was like miniature at first. Me either. Because that, like, third panel, I thought, like, they're, like, facing... I thought they were about to do battle with the Stan Lee guy. Well, it tells you she's a living embodiment of anger and frustration. Look how giant she is. Like, like I love, like, just how fucking enormous she is on that right page. <laughs> All that just for her turning her head. And the banana pills thing, just so he goes down the stairs... That's a kooky plan, domestic tranquility. Snip, slip, also, snap, this would have originally, along. this would have originally run in black and white, right? Yeah, but then I don't understand. Like, so he falls down the stairs, and then he says, "Wait a second, how come I'm so short? Where's my hat? What does that mean? He shrunk? How do you?" No, he, he was convinced he was Stan Lee. Falling down the stairs knocked his sense into him. Yeah, but I don't understand the fourth... I still don't understand the fourth panel. He goes, why can't we blow up the universe and start it over? My lawyers will hear about it. I think he turned into somebody else, but I don't know who. Maybe a DC guy? I'm not familiar with 80s DC editorial references. This is the fucking craziest shit I ever read. Like, I I just... My brain hurt trying to understand. See, the very last... Get DC Comics on the phone. Right. Uh, it is insane. This is but insane. I don't understand. Clearly, like, clearly, somebody says Balderdash in DC editorial. That's your clue. Fu- that's my clue. Mm-hmm. You, you'll have to sleuth it out. It's up to you. <laughs> insane. Also, somebody it must be somebody tall who wears a hat. You see a modern Eric rendering of domestic tranquility, like with the little DT on the belt and everything. Sure. Bunny slippers, riding an orange with a broom in her hand. Uh. <laughs> it was the craziest. That was the craziest backup of all time. That's that's some of the craziest shit, dude. Yeah, I don't understand why it was worth republishing, but okay. <laughs> wow. What does that mean? Harsh. We were harsh this yeah, issue. That, hey, you know. Then we get. Wonder if it's John Byron. No, I don't think he was. Because blow, blowing up the universe. Now I'm thinking oh. it's it's a reference to Crisis. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I will say that I do like. Uh, How do you say his last name? Is it Byron? Oh, I guess it's Byrne. I don't I've know. Said I, I'm, I'm asking. No, it's it's Burns. It's, 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 it's John Burns. About that the yeah. other day, I was like, I don't really know how to say his name. Yeah, it's Burns. I know that for a fact. It's um, I. It's one of those cases where I read the name in my head but didn't actually sound it out so for years I said Byron, uh, Byron in my head and when, when I started saying it out loud I just said it wrong seems like it can go either way so then we get the funnies page yep which is okay <laughs> I don't Berkeley Muse was pretty good huh? I like that uh, that's a good one I like that one I thought How to Melt was hilarious too almost nope. had it that's it you're finished well done it's good nope fucked it up he fucked up melting and any luck with rum row guys 
I'm just thankful it'll be concluded, Nick. I like how we just skipped over it. <laughs> it's good, but it just... I don't feel like these three-part things do anything for these type of strips. Sadly, they don't. Like, Jim explained that amazing world that it is. Yeah, I uh, last episode I explained what it was because right. I found no, I think out what it was, it was. The, the episode before because I remember you said I mean, oh. yeah, Craig it was here. last. It, or okay. unless I heard that part for some reason, it would have been at the end of the episode. You said you didn't no, finish it, so it must have. No, you explained what it was, but like the the world that you explained, it's just not conveyed. Like it's just not. Yeah, it's too much in a little space. You can't do it. And I guess that's it. That's it, man. Whoa, that was good. That's I mean, Scott Shaw on the back cover. He got the fin wrong. <laughs> Don't you start. <laughs> For as much as we shat on it, I still give it a solid, like, 7.5. I dug it. I mean, yes, it could have I been can't, more. I can't give it. Uh, what, what's a 5? Five? 5 is average? 5 would be, yeah, right down the middle, right? I gotta give it a 4. Ooh. This issue, you're giving this issue a four, and the main oh, yeah. reason is the seeker. I am so thoroughly disappointed. Well, I am, I am pissed about the seeker, but I'd give this a seven and a half. Ooh. I'm going to be harsh. For, I'm going to be harsh because I thought the the art was on point, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be harsh because of the seeker that freaking pissed me off. A because the solicitation. Built it up like we're gonna learn all these secrets. I know. Dude. B because it's been 15 years, and C because not even one little secret came out. And so I'm one of those guys that he's writing to in that back column. Page and that, that and that and that letter column. I guess box it's on me, that, but <laughs> and that letter column box suggests that we won't be seeing him again. Yeah, yeah. letter column box really sold it. You is. know, for years and years, I couldn't wait to see what the deal was. And I wouldn't have even minded, like I said, if it wasn't a reoccurring character, it was just a robot or whatever, but just to get the scoop and to close out that chapter. And I feel like I got chipped. But hey, or or even if he ran away with the possibility of seeing him yep. again. Yeah, absolutely. Like he shows up another 100 issues later. Man, when sure. when this cover came out, it was like, fuck yes, the seeker is back. 15 years has it mm-hmm. been that long? You know, and it's like I feel like Larson just peed on me. <laughs> we didn't we didn't talk at all about uh Malcolm's uh Savage Dragon issue number drop. That was uh, weird. That was weird. I'm surprised we didn't talk about that. I liked it. I loved it. Yep. Tells tells you that he reads his dad's funny book. Yep. I, I liked it after thinking about it, but when I first read it, it was very jarring to me. Yeah, I liked it. It made me laugh uh, as soon as I read it. I was like, what? It was one of those, oh not, man, not, it's hilarious. Not only does he read the comic, he can, he can, he can reference issue numbers off the top of his head. Yeah, he can refer to his life, or his dad's life anyway. What? By issue number. By issue number. How handy would that be? That's the fiend. (laughs) From, from like, issue number four. Neutron Bob, I haven't seen you since issue 180. They kind of did that with uh, Logan, that movie, and it really reminded me of Savage Dragon. Really? What's going on back there? Not here. Oh, it's my... Hold on. Sounds like someone was eating beans. (laughs) (laughs) I like the gyps and let me do it again. (laughs) 
I have a creaky chair. You could have farted twice. I could have, but I didn't. Quote, creaky chair, end quote. Nah, it, it's cool. I was okay with it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I still give, I stand by my seven. It's seven. Uh, I'm down with it. Yep. Seeker, Seeker knocked it down. Seriously? It's all the Seeker. Seeker knocked it down. So you're saying points. if it wasn't for the Seeker, it would have been a ten? If the Seeker Get out had, of here. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Here's the thing. Ten out of ten? Here's if it wasn't I'm, for the Seeker? I'm saving those yeah. last three points. <laughs> well, you got to understand, for me, this was the debut of... This was the debut of Super Awesome Sex. Yeah, so, for, uh, so for you, it is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, no, it is. So, so for me, if it wasn't for the dropped non-bomb of The Seeker, this would have been a 10 out of 10. Because the whole time I was reading that. And then, dude, you had the Kevin bomb? Get out of town. I would say if yeah. it wasn't for The Seeker, it would be a 7 for me. might say about an 8. If 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 I had gotten anything like con- like in panel confirmation that he was just some cyberface lackey, mm-hmm. that would have been enough for closure. But now there's no closure. There's no secrets. Uh, no secrets just, were revealed. I think when that sol- except I guess the only secret is he's full of blood, <laughs> or possibly hydraulic fluid. <laughs> I mean, it's ambiguous. Yeah. Oh, well, um, shall we take a glimpse into the future? We shall. Do it, Raven. Let's take it home, guys. So, Savage Dragon 229, exiled. Malcolm Dragon and his family must come to grips with the reality that they may never go home again. A new home, a new life. 2017 Inkwell Award winner Eric Larson delivers another smash issue of Savage Dragon. And there you go. Looking forward to it. Yep. I'm excited. Don't you sour pusses try to rain on my parade. I would be more excited if this if this episode isn't wasn't already three hours long. <laughs> it's a long we're gonna have to cut all that DC shit, dude. <laughs> I probably won't cut that much or any. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Blap a lorch. So, as always, you guys can email us at savagefincast at gmail.com. We're always looking forward to your comments, suggestions, questions, you know, whatever. We want them all. Uh, uh, Find us at our website at savagefincast.com or on the Facebook at the Eric Larson Savage Dragon fan page. We're always hanging out. You can still check us out. We got our Discord mm-hmm. uh, chat server. I think Raven's got a link to it on DragonFan. It is. Dot net. There's yep. a link on uh, SavageDragon.com, too. Yep. To the, to the Discord? Yeah. That's good to know. SavageDragon.com is uh, much, much improved uh, so and regularly updated. So please do frequent it. It is a resource to help you stay up on cool new things. It's got a link to the wiki on there, yep. too. Yeah, honestly, if if people haven't been back there for a while because it hadn't been really updated much, I mean, it got the new covers always it, went up, but that was Stephon, it. Stefan, I don't know how you say his last name, Kalshid Urkel. He uh, he's done an incredible amount of work on it, and oh, really, yeah. the news is great now. They're kind of like blog posts. Mm-hmm. All the comic covers are up, including all the uh, alternate cover, the variants. Um, he's got a bunch of links on it. He's got a link to 
the wiki is on it, a link to our podcast, Discord, the Dragon Fan, and the Comicsology. So it's all like in one one spot. And then even on contact, like if you click on contact, it's got a link to the Eric Larson fan group page on Facebook and Eric's Twitter. And so it's all like in one spot. Much improved. And the, just to re-mention, the, the Discord, we've been getting a decent amount of chat going on in there. So it isn't a ghost town yet. Yes. We're actually ramping up with more people. So Good. Last time I was on there, I talked to somebody for like, Two sentences, and the guy just left. I think he didn't <laughs> like me. I don't think he liked my conversation. Not Finter. Your, com- your conversations with Duncan tiresome. <laughs> I must leave. See? Sounds like Schwarzenegger Touch mixed my with Mr. Miyazaki. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank Have you. a good one. Holy shit, guys. That was a long-ass fincast, dudes.